pooping at my house. Everybody started 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 pooping at my house. What's going on? Why they pooping at my house? My house filled with poop because they pooping at my house. Oopy loopy loopy got a poop in my house. I got a poop, so I do it at my house. You got a poop, come over to my house. Got a poop in my house. Got a poop in my house. I gotta take a big duke in my house. Poop in my house. Hey, hey, got a poop in my house. Hey, hey, hey. Everybody pooping, so they poop in my house. Everybody pooping, so they poop in my house. Got a poop at his house. Poop in my house. Ben's got a poop, so he poops in my house. Hey, poop in my house. Hey, poop in my house. Can't wait for you to poop in my house. Oops, came out a mouse. Yep. Oops, came out a mouse. Oh my god! <laughs> when you pooped, it a mouse came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, wow. That never do, happened. Do you want a different color on that light? No, it's too late. We started. That, that was the intro, by the way. That's fine. Yeah, that's totally. No, fine. this is good. It's bright enough to wear. Cool. I think it's cool. a good thing. Welcome, people who I know very well to the Bending Brains podcast. <laughs> Buenos dias. <laughs> um, it's nice hi. to have good friends, uh, Matthew McNeil, and Andre Black. Who, uh, we've known each other for about six years. Many, many years. And uh, thank you for having me here. We're here in Fort Worth, Texas. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's been a week. It's been six days. It's been, a, But like literally, it's been a week. Like, literally. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had some fun. We've done a lot. Went to some studios, ate a lot of food. Mm-hmm. I think I gained 10 pounds. Good. Can't wait to lose it when I get home. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's the best, worst thing. I just keep building on it. Every day we have food. I'm just like, I'm going to keep eating more. I'll worry about it later. Don't we all do that, though? We'll just worry about it later. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that is a problem we do when we eat food. We just go, I'll worry about it later. But then later is like more food. Yeah, you yeah. got to eat. And then, and then you just say it again. I'll just worry about it later. And you tell yourself, you got to eat, so it's okay. We'll all die eventually. <laughs> just eat while you're here. <laughs> This I'm this is the best. We're having fruit, Topo Chico's, really good coffee from Craftwork, local Texas Fort Worth. Shout out Craftwork Coffee. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Topo Chico. Shout out to fruit. Actually they, they Coca-Cola owns them, right? Yes. So no shout out. Screw you, Coca-Cola. Well, but if, I mean, Top, if, if hey, Topo Chico is gonna send me free Topo Chico, I'm not gonna be mad at that. We don't want to stamp out a sponsor too early, Ben. Yeah. You got a point. Ah oh, man, that's gonna make us be burping this whole, be burping this whole time. Be burping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Um, let's go. We are at Andre's portion of the Matt Black Sound Studios. Would you call it that? We are. What is this yeah. wing called? Yeah, it's yeah, it's an extension of Matt Black Sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very new. It's a newborn. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been here for. We just moved into this house two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. In its infancy. Yeah. We have multiple branches. We're expanding. Fran- like franchising, if you will. Mm-hmm. You have three locations now. Where's the third one? Where's the, the two rooms in the one house? Well, that's one location. Well, te- <laughs> technically, we do have three. We have the van. Mm, the van is the mobile unit. That's yeah. true. You guys want to talk about Matt Black Sound a little bit? Since we'll get into your music. That's how we know each other. But sure. Matt Black Sound is more of sure. the under the underlining of your, of your lives. Yeah. That's where everything is and goes. Yeah. It is. Um, it started as 
Um, Andre and I have always done more than just like play music and go play shows. We've facilitated it all from like the booking stuff to figuring out how to record and um, to full studio operations. Just just the whole we we do all the music industry ourselves. Like that's yeah. how we um, facilitate our music and bring it to the world. And so we started a company that did all that, and we. St- Officially started in 2017, mm-hmm. and yeah, we have a studio, and we try to empower artists and help them. Um, we release music from projects we're a part of. Yeah, it houses all of our publishing, and we help with some film companies and produce some podcasts. And a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything that, that we can do. A lot of bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I relate. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see people doing a little bit of everything too. Yeah, understanding what that is, you learn a lot about different elements of sound and video. Not just like, oh, I know how to like play music or record, but it's like, oh, I could put on a show. I could put on a bigger show. I can do a mobile thing. I can go to different studios and do it. I can collaborate with other people who do it. I know how to get on that page. I could do the podcast thing. It's pretty sweet to see. Um, you guys got started in the music industry, not just through playing music, but the events you would do, the being runners for events, right? Mm-hmm. How'd that all started? And you, if you want to explain to those listening what that is. Yeah, there's there's a couple sides to it. Um, in high school, Andre and I grew up together in a small town of like, you know, I think 12,000 people at the time. Yeah. And I worked at a peach orchard, peach orchard, um, during the summers in high school, and I ended up selling peach, uh, uh, a bushel of peaches to a guy that was getting for Aerosmith. He knew I played music. We took a liking to each other, and he was like, hey, do you want to come do what I do and like help backstage at some of these shows? And I said, yeah. And so the August of 2010, I worked my first show, and uh, first thing I did was like do John Mayer's dry cleaning and Get them food. That wasn't the name of his tour, John Mayer's Dry Cleaning. No, that's okay. just what I did. Um, nice. That was the Battle <laughs> Studies tour, the second uh, world tour of it. And um, it was fantastic. And like standing side stage watching an artist that that, that uh, Battle Studies record meant a lot to me um, at the time. It was it was new. Um, and getting getting to see that from side stage and seeing how everything worked was really inspiring. We had always played music together and helped put on like – DIY punk shows in this like little small venue in our town. And uh, that really opened my eyes to how big that world was and how much goes into everything. It's not just like I play guitar and sing and I just appear at venues all over the world and people care. Um, There's so much that goes into it. And so I did that constantly. Like, Like I just worked those shows as much as I could. And then we started touring and just using everything we've learned from seeing how these like biggest tours in the world work behind the scenes and applying that to what we do and uh, how to share that knowledge and help others. Yeah. And how did you get so into this? So I always knew that Matt did that. I, I got involved, I guess, in 20, it was 2017, 2018. I uh, started doing shows as a runner, um, kind of opening my eyes to that side of the industry and seeing how it worked and I mean obviously I'd heard stories from Matt and you know a bunch of crazy stuff and like oh we had to do this had to you know worked with this artist and I was like oh it's really cool you know yeah. I want to do that and so yeah we uh, 
you know, started doing it together then. And um, obviously because of COVID, there was none of that going on in 2020. Um, haven't done any yet this year in 2021, but uh, hopefully the end of this year in the fall, we'll start back up doing that. Yeah. It's looking like... Um, <clears throat> like September. Yeah. Uh, it's going to start in August, it seems. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's looking like September and October are going to be like slammed. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like I everybody's agree. on the road. I agree. That's all I've been seeing. I bought three concert tickets already, October, yep. November. Yeah. I'm putting on DZ Fest, which you guys have been a part of for a while. Mm-hmm. In September, all the festivals in Chicago are September. So people like you guys who are in the industry of being runners, putting on events, hosting events, making them happen. Yeah have been affected tremendously mm-hmm. the last 15 months, 14 months, right. as I have been. And I'm glad that it's coming back. It's been a... Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's been weird. It's been like a weird, uh, I don't know, humbling experience. It really put in perspective how amazing it is, the things we do, and how lucky we are to be able to do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you guys... Through Matt Black Sound, you started putting on your own events, right? You've been, and you've been doing what, you, like doing the running, but through Matt Black Sound. No, no it's through a different company. Different, different company. Different business, mm-hmm. yeah. We're involved with another business. Oh, uh, is it like you guys, they just outsource to you or you just work for them? We started We, we it. own it. Oh, oh yes. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're being so cryptic. I'm not sure if you're, you don't want to talk about no, it. No, no. I mean, it, it's <laughs> yeah. just a different thing. It, yeah, it's called Roadrunner Production Services. Right, right. And, yeah. and that's what uh, handles all the runner side of things. Yeah. Gotcha. And Matt Black Sound is a different branch. We try to separate the... Have to draw lines. Yeah. yeah. It, we do everything. And so if it's just one, like if one thing covers it all, it kind of, the lines get blurred. So right. Matt no, Black Sound... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Matt Black Sound is all things like studio and like recordings and helping artists booking stuff um doing audio for like uh, uh film film stuff. and t- television yeah it, it's, it's a pretty big umbrella in itself everything that we handle the audio on and, and like sound and creative on mm-hmm. is mad black sound and then roadrunner is helping facilitate these large-scale got shows right. okay sense. that makes sense yeah. yeah got it interesting well let's backtrack for the listeners to now the music side of things because we'll go back to what we're talking about it'll find its way in but you guys met in in grade school Mm -hmm. yeah early and you're a year older than andre Mm -hmm. and so you when did you start playing music together because you guys have been playing music on your own for a long time right when we were teenagers uh we i mean yeah when we were obviously um yeah, I guess we started playing music together in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we both were involved in that uh, like small DIY spot, putting on putting on shows, and uh, we also attended the same church. And we were like the music leader people there yeah. for you know. And you played drums there, and you played guitar. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what? Fourteen, fifteen. Uh, I think yeah, fifth yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And when did you start playing music like together, like you two? Uh, some of the sometimes, uh, some of the like that duo power duo set we do, like we do in on the road. Um, there were sometimes where we would do that. Yeah, at, in the church format. Yeah, mm-hmm. we always kind of did things our own way, and um, then I think we would realize just from like rehearsals, we were like, 
we always knew we liked the same stuff. Right. And and um, we were always really close. So, um, yeah, it was it was a no no brainer to just keep that going. I think when um, since I'm a year older, I went off to college, and th- that year we just started talking. We're like, let's maybe do like our own thing because yeah. we were in bands and stuff in in high school. Yeah, but we never were like cool. Let's do the like Matthew McNeil project. That was right. I think I think we started doing that when we were probably like eighteen, nineteen, or nineteen, twenty mm-hmm. um, together. Mm. So almost ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's wild to think about. That I is really. Wild. I haven't ever thought about that honestly. Almost ten either. years. That's crazy. And did you always want to do just the duo, just guitar, drums? You. That's that's a logistical necessity is why it started mm. it's easier yeah. to tour with two like you don't have to pay more than two people you, you can 50 50 yeah. yeah travel with two people we own everything we co-write everything right um and i mean now we're at a point to where we like we bring our our studio buddies in and like our mentors the people we learn from we bring them in and we can actually facilitate that now like for the bigger shows it just makes more sense but when you're starting off and you're like i don't want to be this like local band and you know, do the normal thing. I want to start touring the country and, and meeting people and seeing it for myself and doing it my way. Um, it's much easier to say, Hey, let's get a van and turn it into like a little apartment for two people. And we're both in this a hundred percent. Yeah. Let's just do it. Rather than having to convince somebody else to Mm-hmm. Join and, this and convince them to augment their schedule to do it. You to know, give up their life exactly. Yeah. To make this their life. Yeah, we and yeah. There was never there was never any question about that with either of us. Mm-hmm. So that's rare. It's hard to find somebody that is on the same page with. Very rare. It's a really big decision to make. Yeah, you know, I think about it all the time with the bands that I play in, and just like to go that extra step. Would people be willing to quit their jobs or careers to like yeah. make that their job or career? Yeah. And how can you ask somebody to do that when you're like, hey, there's no money in it right now. There's no guarantee for anything. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it looks like. It's We're yeah. just going to start booking 100 shows a year across the country, places we've never been, and just see what happens. Yeah. That's a lot to ask Insane. Somebody. Yeah. It's, it takes an insane person. But, yeah. but honestly, uh, um, it's calculated insanity. It is. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's of the entrepreneur, go-getter, you know, workaholic mentality, people yeah. who fall into that vein. Right. A little crazy, smarter, to be honest, because you have to be smart to, to pull it off. You Absolutely. can't just willy-nilly going yeah. across the country to survive. It's, yeah, there's a lot to analyze there. Yeah, you got to break. It's a whole thing to break down. It's like being intentionally freeform. Like, right. you're like I'm intentionally open for whatever to happen. I'm just going to keep pressing go and looking forward and learning mm-hmm. and growing. And Like today. Yeah. Like everything that happened today, like why we're here. Yeah, 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 exactly. At this time, like all of it is stuff that you and all three of us are so used to. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just like part of every day, man. Yeah. It's like, well, if that's going to happen, I might as well optimize on this because you got to work around that. And yeah, it's probably why the um, the other two companies that you guys are doing work so well and why you're so good at it is all the years of going on the road, seeing shows, seeing events, talking to people. Absolutely. Audibles. Yeah. Audibles. Constantly changing. Cars breaking down, things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, a branch hitting your your van <laughs> when it's new, <laughs> the heat going out. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything. It's always Every, something. It's always something. 
especially when you take on a lot, the, that something gets amplified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the chances of things going wrong are much larger mm-hmm. when you're ba- balancing and juggling so many, you know, avenues. So it's the early 2000 teens. You guys form your band. I'm going to go back, segue to that. Yeah. And when did you, your first record, Compadre, comes out in 2015. So those first four years, are you working on that material? Are you working on EPs or... You're just trying to figure out your your place. Um, so, I went to college. I graduated high school in 2011. I went to college, and uh, I was writing. I'd always been writing my own material aside from the bands I was in, and I put together like my first like it wasn't like a studio album, but a buddy of mine, Ben Starr. Um. We just made a recording, like 10 songs at his place and engineered them, mixed them and everything ourselves, put it on a CD. And um, I went on like my first tour type thing I'd ever did that was like out of state. Uh, I did that when I was 20 with our buddy Connor Oakley. And uh, right after coming back from that, that was right when uh, that album came out in 2013. It's called When You're Down. It's not streaming or anything. We just have a bunch of like CDs. And that was a, Matthew, a bunch of CDs. Matthew Magical. Matthew Magical. Matthew McNeil. Yeah. Recording. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know this. I know. Yeah. And uh, so I have. I'll, I'll send, I have about three hundred CDs. I'm gonna get a man on vinyl. I can give them all to you. Um, <laughs> give them all to you, please. <laughs> um, that was 2013, and yeah, I was like, cool. Well let's keep this thing going. You know, it's all just learning. And we uh, teamed up, like found some buddies in Denton, uh, Joey uh, Joey McClellan and Mackenzie Smith at Redwood Studios, where we were on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we tapped them and said we want to do a full-length record here. And so we booked 10 days there with them. We In, in between this happening, Matt and I linked up and decided we're going to do music together. Yeah, Andre had, we had always recorded ourselves to some capacity. Andre's always been uh, uh, better at it. And um, so <laughs> Quote, unquote. he had a studio space thing at his, at his spot. So we would just rehearse all the time and play and write. And we did that from 2000. And we had, we had dabbled in it beforehand, but um, heavily from like 2013... And then we recorded Compadre in 2014. Yeah, put Compadre out in 2015, and throughout 14, starting in 14, started playing around and uh, like mm-hmm. regionally and stuff. And then uh, that quickly turned into like national independent. When was your first tour outside of Texas? Mm-hmm. The one that we did together. Mm-hmm. Connor and I did it in 2013. Uh, you and I did it in 2000. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, because we started touring, or I mean, regionally playing shows with songs from Compadre before we even recorded them. Yeah, we did. And then national stuff was more 2015. Right. So the first time when I first met you in May 2015. First time we'd ever flown that was yeah, state for a show. Exactly. You flew for that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were Day Trotter and DZ. And How did you, did you rent, a, rent a car? Yeah, yeah we when, did. When we got up there. Right, because I, I remember when you came through, it was really interesting, that story. I was doing sessions, so DZ Records was like five years old, and I was doing video sessions for two years, and Friends of Music podcast for three years, and that would have been the fourth DZ Fest coming up. Mm-hmm. And Matt Bauer, my cousin, 
we did Friends of Music with was like, uh, Benj, there's this band from Texas that wants to do a session. What do you think? And I was like, yeah, yes to everything. I don't think I've ever said no. Yeah. So <laughs> yes to everything. <laughs> um, and yeah, and you guys came through. And I believe I might have been, been working with a band while you guys showed up. Yeah, we were with so. Matt. And Matt was like, they're outside, they're here. And I was like, go go entertain them. I'm like talking to somebody. Like mm-hmm. I'm still working with this band. So he went, out, went outside to talk to you guys. And you came down. Uh, once the band left, you came down. You had like a blue long sleeve shirt on, mm-hmm. the white hat. Your hair was long. Mm-hmm. Andre had long black hair, slicked back with a red um, flannel. Still, Red and black. Still have that shirt. Mm-hmm. I still have the blue shirt. Mm-hmm. I remember it very well for some reason. And you guys showed up and you looked down. You looked around. You guys like looked like you've never. You looked. You looked like you just came out of like a, a cave and saw daylight in my own dark basement. And you're like somewhere in the within moments. You said, "Is this what all basements are like?" Well, yeah, that was our first time in a basement. <laughs> yeah. It was your first time. In a basement. Never seen something like that. Before. And it was We're just small basement. town kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, but also there was such a nostalgia about it because I think it reminded us both of growing up and doing a DIY, uh-huh. being a part of a DIY music community. Yeah. And we yeah. were like, wow. This it's is here cool, too. Man. We're like a thousand miles from home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can imagine that's your first basement ever. It's that basement. It's yeah. not a normal basement. So it's just really funny. And you guys were like, <laughs> yeah, you were like little small. Small town kids. You're just yeah. like kids in a candy shop. Like, whoa. Uncultured. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Yeah. No, that was fun. And you guys killed it. And I'll never forget it. I remember um, Wash My Wounds in Little Star, Texas Flag. Those are two videos we did. And afterwards, when we did the podcast, Matt interviewed you guys. And there's mm-hmm. a good chance that I was sitting on the couch hanging out or maybe on the patio waiting. Those are the two things that would happen. But... Ever since then, we've we've worked together on stuff, and we've become great friends. Great friends. I think we've been up there like fifteen, <laughs> a lot, a lot of times, times. twenty times, yeah. a lot of times. Sometimes you fly, sometimes you drive. Um, you're new, or now it's not as new anymore. But when you got your first van, that was second van. I meant like first, like real, real, yeah, like legit. The first one doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, we pay homage. To- <laughs> When your second van, the newer one, mm-hmm. um, when you first brought it, I was so happy to see that. It's so cool and a game changer, honestly. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just to see you guys tour around the country. I mean, you've been touring, aside from 2020, which will forever be a, a weird gap in everyone's lives. Yeah. yeah. For five years, you guys toured around the country, mm-hmm. the whole country, right? Yep. All the time. Like you coast did, you've coast. done every north, south, east, west, central, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Is there any places you haven't played that you would like to play um, in, in America besides we, Hawaii I'd, and Alaska? No, I'd like to spend more time in California. Yeah, the West Coast is harder to tour; states are further apart. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot more to cover. Yeah, the, we've we've done the West Coast the least. Um, That's we, the common thing I hear from many bands. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's too a big, too big. Yeah, it's great. It's it's phenomenal, but it's it's just harder logistically. And when you run your own logistics. Every little, like, it's not cutting corners. It's just like, well, especially teaming up with DZ. Okay, you guys are in the northern Midwest, so we figured out a route through the Midwest super, super easy. We have Mm -hmm. a fantastic Midwest and Southeast route that we would just hammer. Mm -hmm. And then we do East Coast, you know, when we could, and West Coast. East Coast is pretty sweet, too. East Coast is sweet. So close to each other. Mm -hmm. Every hour, you're, like, in another major city. Midwest is, is... has been our bread and butter, though. Yeah, I think Midwest and Southeast. 
That's what I've been learning. I learned it from you guys. Mm -hmm. And a lot of touring bands, I ask them these questions, which helps me gauge it better to understand what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's that if you can go be in any major city within four or five hours, which yeah. is anywhere from Chicago, it's like 20 cities yeah. within five hours. Well, there's a lot of people, too. A lot, a lot of people, people that love music. So. And there's not, you know, it's not L.A. where there's 300 clubs with an event every night. Like, yeah. you go to Des Moines, there's two main clubs, mm -hmm. and they don't have shows every day of the week. So right. mm -hmm. it's little things like that. Like, one of the coolest music communities we found, I know this is um, not in the heart of the Midwest by any means, but like in Minnesota. Yeah, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, St. Paul has an amazing scene. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Yeah. It's right up there near you. I mean, it's not right by it, it's but like when six hours, right? Touring, it's easy. Yeah, you know. But same thing with like Davenport, Iowa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredible Day music. Like and three hours from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. There's there's great stuff up there, and um, I think they, the the culture up there appreciates uh, music. Yeah, in a, in a different way because they don't have every artist any night of the week. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like New York would. We also, we also, um, it's just big enough, but small enough and also suffers enough with the winter mm -hmm. to where like music is such a huge thing in the winter. Like there's really obvious seasons of when bands do certain things and when shows happen more in Chicago mm -hmm. and the winter is just abundance of productivity because everyone's inside practicing, getting songs ready because they can't go out and mm -hmm. there's a lot of shows and which is like the practice of trying out your work. Yeah. And then in the spring, there's just a massive boom. And then the heat from the summer slows things down because people are like, I don't want to tour in July. It's hot. Yeah. I don't want to be playing shows in a club in July in a basement. That's when we go to Minneapolis. Right? Yeah, you go as far north as you can <laughs> yeah. go. It gets real Get hot, hot here. Yeah. So you guys are like, yeah, let's tour. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Where we're from, it's like, it's too hot. Where you're from, you're like, let's get away from this heat. Mm -hmm. Even though it's hot up there, it's not as hot as it is down here. Yeah. yeah. You guys have done tours in the summer a bunch of times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's fascinating. Um, how many shows would you, in those five years, how many shows on average would you play a year? Like 100, 200? Yeah, close to 100. Yeah, Some, sometimes being over. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we we were just, we kept our head down. I mean, we were. Yeah, that, that was our life, like truly. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it would be like six to eight months out of the year, yeah. just like going. What's that like on, a, on like for your personal lives? To be on the road all the time. It's difficult. I mean, we, we're both very fortunate to have very understanding and willing partners to that are very happy with the way that we have, the, with our lifestyle. And, um, I mean, they're more than supportive of it. Sure. We've also built those relationships. For years. with Yeah, and with this in mind. Like, this was always kind of part of the exactly. deal from day one. We knew what we wanted to do since we were kids. And you were transparent with that. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna yeah, you're the, gonna hang with me. This is what it entails. Yeah, it yeah. was it wasn't ever like, well, you know what? We decided to do this thing and so we're just gonna leave now. Yeah. It was always understood from the start. Yeah. And that's an important conversation to have. Yeah it is. That's yeah. mature. Communication. You guys are younger for those listening. When you started out, like your like that first record, the one that no one knows about, you're twenty years old. You I know, was 19, 19 yeah. or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Andre is a year younger. Our first tour, we were... Yeah. Andre was 20. I, I couldn't even drink legally. Yeah. You're almost 21. Yeah. You're right, 20, and you're 21. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you guys came through, when I found out, it might have been when you left or something, that you just turned 21, and you were 22. Yeah. And I was 
you know, 25, I was just like, what? Because yeah. you guys seem so much older, especially you, Andre. I thought you were like 29. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't eaten a day. Yeah. <laughs> You've been 29 for eight years. Um, yeah, you guys just, like you're I'll so much it. like, like you guys are big, filled in. You got facial hair. You got like well-seasoned like faces, but not like old. Just like not baby faces. It either. comes from not sleeping. Yeah, usually, yeah you know? traveling yeah. hundred something shows a year, <laughs> living in a van, that kind of thing. Yeah. Man, we um, we have a lot in common when it comes to traveling. Like I love to travel and road trip. Like I did it here alone, and it's the best. It's so much fun. The music, a podcast, just conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. you don't listen to anything; you just talk. One of my fondest road trips was in Texas, going across Texas to mm-hmm. West Texas, deep and. I think everybody in the van was like wanted. If they had a gun with them, they would shoot Matt and I because we were sitting. I was sitting shotgun and you were driving, mm-hmm. and I think we literally <laughs> spewed nonsense for like all oh, five, six hours. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Delirium, Delirium is my favorite state. <laughs> Me and Andre are very much like thrive on that. We'll be we'll book a six week tour and then Delirium set, sets in on day three, and you're like, okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Sometimes hour two. I mean, yeah. like you know. <laughs> It, and you live in a different world. I mean, there's times where by the end of the tour, we wake up at 2 p.m. every day and we go to bed at 6 a.m. I learned that the, the fun way with you guys because, yeah. like, you guys would come over on tour and maybe make it, like, a three-, four-day stop at my house. And I would be on my schedule and you guys would just be staying up so late. Yeah. And then I'd, like, want to, like, have breakfast or make you coffee. And we would you guys come no. out of the van or something or off the couch at, like, Noon, it's lunchtime. One, yeah. and I'm just like, I don't know what they're doing. I'm not going to bother them. It's yeah. but like, what is going on? Are they okay? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be hard because if you want to explain to people listening who who aren't in the music industry, you it's like the, the comedy industry. Like you work at night, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're pretty late, and sometimes late, you're yeah. putting your gear, you're in your van and closing it, and it's two in the morning. And then yeah. we drive. And we then usually drive, drive at night. Yeah. yeah. Because it's traffic. safer. It's safer. Ironically safer. Yeah. Less people on the road. We also don't, yeah, to preface, we don't drink a lot on the road, so we're not like inebriated and then driving. And you, you guys know? don't drink a lot, no. period. Yeah. Which is probably beneficial for the lifestyle. Yeah. I only drink down. when I'm going to the beach. Yeah. Or just relaxing on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just hanging out <laughs> with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you got to be smart about it. That How do musicians do it? Touring the country just on drugs and alcohol. Well, they don't. They don't run their own logistics. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. That's, they have someone who drives for them, which is, I mean, that's uh, luxury for sure. I'm not <laughs> bashing that, but I mean, we don't do that. But so. yeah, and I mean, I, a lot of this was was going to be the case either way. But like, when you realize what you have to do to facilitate your your dreams and your goals, you're like, yeah, it comes with. Some people would see it as a sacrifice. You're like, cool. Well, yeah. we don't really drink, and we're not home a lot. And you really have to have great communication with your friends and family. Yeah. We didn't see our loved ones as much as everybody else got to. Right. And that, that's a sacrifice. And, and yeah, the alcohol thing was just one of them, a very willing one yeah. to give up for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. And just the little things like going out with your friends on a Friday to, mm-hmm. go, right, to go to the bar, to go bowling, to go see a movie, all those things you don't do. Do you find yourselves ever, like, getting under each other's skin in any way? Or do you have just such an open mindset you just know? Yeah, we don't ever get into arguments. or I mean, sure, we have different opinions usually, but I think we pick our battles and yeah. realize this isn't an important thing. To and that'll happen. Honestly, that'll happen more 
around the studio at home than right. on the road. On the road, we're, we become the same. We're just the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes life a lot easier, honestly. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. You just have yeah. two of yourself and you're like, I fully trust this person. They fully trust me. Yeah. We can communicate without even talking from yeah. playing so much. Yeah, you guys have a bond that right. most people don't get. You spend day and night together. You sleep with each other. You're under the same pressures, the same smells. Yeah. You know, same, the same food. Same food. And then you... You do a creative thing together, which is, for those who don't know, if I could paint a good picture, and, t- and you guys can let me know how accurate this is, when you play music with someone for a long time, the bond it brings to you because of having rhythm, melody, melodic structures, lyrics that bond you through language, mm-hmm. um, moments where things synchronize and you get empowered in a space through amplification, the crowd giving you feedback. It's like hearing people look at you and give you feedback if you're in any other situation. It It's kind of like something that like only a partner would feel with another person, like a type of, besides yeah, this romance, yeah. you literally are feeling everything amplified. Yeah, yeah. it's a connection. And, it's, and you're, it's interesting because it's your, <clears throat> it's your like creative fulfillment, your passion, your livelihood, your, you know, everything. It's like yeah. a hobby. It's everything. Yeah, it's a, it was yeah, and so it, it's a really fascinating thing. Um, yeah, uh, it it's it's really really strange for me to, you know, we we try to empower artists, a, any artist we can. We we try to be like pillars for our, our community, um, but it, it it's it's impossible to show or to explain our success or growth or whatever without pointing to the fact that there's two of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's, that's the only reason it happens. That mm-hmm. that connection, that communication, and you, it's not like we just found somebody else. We're like, cool. I mean, that you can totally do that, but we have a really unique story where it's like we've been watering this seed for 15 years. Yeah. And so... Yeah, but, that's what you see. That's That's why there's such a bond. Like, we, it's so unspoken at this point like we don't have to talk about it we just we're, we're aware you know mm-hmm. that's what makes a good relationship yeah a good friendship having that yeah years 15 years of of friendship planting a seed 10 years of playing music you know five years of maybe about six years seven years now of touring and then all the other stuff you do together the business stuff people you've met like we met each other at the same time Mm-hmm. Like when I think of one of you, I think of both of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's usually the. I, I literally say like man Andre. Like yeah. it's like a, it just comes off the tongue, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been interesting, interesting relationship and, and bond to form because we're very similar. Like if we lived near each other, we'd be very like we'd hang out all the time. All the time, <laughs> we'd probably have a lot more collaborations, honestly. And uh, it's cool to see. It's cool to see other people around the country doing doing music in this way you realize we have a lot more in common like people do yeah than it, you would think it's so cool it is it's very cool have you guys met a lot of other um bands around the country that that you like kind of work with too like like when they come through you try to hook them up with stuff or yeah yeah i, I mean not on not on this level though oh, okay not like uh we know you you know <laughs> yeah. yeah you also have to think it, it goes beyond. I mean, yeah, we have some creative projects together in the form of like Afterclothes. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of collaboration in the form of the DZ Record stuff and mm-hmm. then the Mad Black Sound stuff. Um, 
that's a deeper connection than just like, yeah, we met these this other band on the road, and now we just help each other out all the time. Right. That, we have we tons of those. Yeah. yeah. But and that this isn't to belittle those relationships by any means. But there's a different thing here because you're also operating a, a business and facilitating the logistics for so much more than just like right. coming and playing your guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When yeah. you come down here, you don't p- play a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're down here for a different reason. Mm-hmm. But most everybody else that we, we help and collaborate with from like out of state, mm-hmm. they're coming here to do their thing, and then we do everything we can to amplify that mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Although I have played one show once at, the, at this fancy hotel, The Jewel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was his right. wedding band. Wedding band. One of the best not things band. ever. Not band. Not band. Band. <laughs> band. Wedding band. Wedding band. You're banned from the wedding. Yeah. Man, I want to be in a wedding band like once every year. Just to be fun. Wedding band. You're in You're in wedding band. We <laughs> oh, just yeah, got to get more gigs. Yeah, we didn't tell you, but we're, we're looking for gigs. <laughs> <laughs> but we only play... Uh, Rupert Holmes <laughs> songs like Answering Machine, and it's all unrehearsed. So yeah. people listening have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> they don't need the wedding. It's gonna they, happen a lot. Yeah, they don't need to. It's not for them. They um, <laughs> have you guys ever tried to um, do anything internationally? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got friends in Sweden that we've been trying to see for a while. Shout out Indigo Fera. Um. Yeah, there's friends in Spain. Yeah. Shout out Joanna Surratt. Um, yeah, we've wanted to go to Europe for a long time. A lot of our like good friends, people we surround ourselves with and mentors, they're all um, musicians that have found greater success in Europe than in the States in a lot of cases. And yeah. so that's been really inspiring to us. It's just um, it's harder to facilitate when you're – uh, you have like we have Mad Bike Sound and we have Roadrunner yeah. and we had everything teed up and then the pandemic happens. It's like okay, well, so let's kind of, kind of have to reassess. Yeah, you kind of have to know. incorporate it into like a you know a two year, three year, four year plan. Yeah. You almost have to. Do you feel yourself not restarting or starting over, but taking many steps backwards and having to go back again? It's interesting because. I, I would. I've been thinking about this a lot as the world is starting to open back up, which means a big change of pace for us. Just as we had a big change of pace when right. everything shut down, um, I don't. It's not a uh, cool. Now we have to go back and like retrace our steps. Um, so much has changed. You yeah. know, we've changed what we do, how we do it, our our outlook and perspective in in life and in music. It's it's at a different space. I think we've we've managed to um, facilitate a lot of growth over the past 15 months. And, and um, yeah, I think when it opens back up, you know, it's not going to be like people ask us, when are we going to tour again? And it's like, well, not day one. I'm not, not yeah. like right now. It, yeah. it, that doesn't make sense. We, since we plan everything out and we have so many irons in the fire, it's like, well, we can like, let the bands that are chomping at the bit and have nothing else going on, like all they do is go play shows. Cool, go out there and man, we'll help make it great. Right. And we're going to keep recording and keep helping artists and keep doing our thing. And yeah, we'll see you on the road next year. Yeah. 2022. That's no problem. 2022 is going to be a really big year for touring. It will be. Because it's only going to really happen the very very tail end of 2021. Mm -hmm. It'll be very spotty. Yeah. Like there's just not enough space, not enough venues. When you also have to realize that 
you also have to realize that it it takes uh you know six months to book a good tour yeah Yeah. you know it four months like it people are like oh yeah when it starts back up it's like well when these shows i mean it this past 15 months has really changed things but a lot of times it's like any show at like a large capacity room like a you know, the place where the Bulls play or the place where the Mavericks play, that's booked, you know, 20 months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're, when, when everything stops, you have like a three-year disruption of logistics. Right. Oh, yeah. It's and, a mess. Yeah, and so everybody kind of had to reset and figure yeah. it out. We're so small scale. We're, we're really agile. Definitely. And that's a big strength for us in the independent world. And so, yeah, we're going to do regional stuff. Mm-hmm. And... um use everything we've learned to do things in a new and better way. It's a different world on the other side of it. Yeah. So let's uh, adapt. Mm -hmm. Have you found that because you're in a two-piece band and you guys can tour a lot more fluently that way, it's a little bit less resistance, do you find that, like how do do crowds handle two-piece band? Because there's a lot of, Sometimes people see two-piece band, they're like, oh, it's not full enough. It's not thick enough. Like, how do you guys combat that, being a two-piece band and touring the country at different types of crowds? Matt plays through three different amplifiers. Yeah, we do it differently. It sounds like a full band. Yeah, we try to, um, I think, going back to our connection, I think it's pretty visible, even if you don't know who we are. Like, if you just walk into a a club and you see us playing, you're like, what's going on? Yeah. These guys are, like, the same human. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I've, over the years, we've augmented, like, how do we make it from being like, oh, this is like a lesser thing than a full band to how can we capture somebody's attention and mind and heart and soul, whatever, their their ears, and make them look at things differently. And so by like running through a bass amp and two or three guitar amps with different effect signals and... We also just like play very dynamically, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll obviously play to the crowd, play to the room that's there in front of us. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, try and like break down the wall of what people think they're about to see mm-hmm. and make it an actual experience rather than just a rock and roll show or mm-hmm. whatever you came for. You yeah. Know? Well, that's what's great about uh, the two-piece band and the way we communicate is like we can play at a punk club and yeah. and get and go crazy and we don't even have to tell each other about it like yeah. it'll just happen we'll feed on the energy together or we'll play at like the Woody Guthrie Museum yeah. super intimate super mm-hmm. soft and we'll play there yeah and do it completely differently same songs mm-hmm. and um we get to change that to the spirit of the room without having to like tap all eight people on stage and be like hey no you're not doing it right, right. like mm-hmm. it's too much bass or too much this so I don't know. We just approach it differently, and um, it's also hard when we have like really, probably impossibly high standards sometimes. Since we have such a deep connection, yeah, um, that it's like okay, well, we want to do some full band stuff, and like just like you saw the other day, it's like, well, I can't get Joey because he's doing late night tonight, and then he's going on this world tour for right. three weeks, and then Aaron's yeah. also on this world tour with some other artist, and so it's like, well. Those are our guys. We're not ones to be like, yeah, we have this amazing thing, and then we're gonna just get, find these hired guns we don't know. Yeah, get whoever. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we're a family. You know, all the people we collaborate with, you included, are part of this family, and that's the people that we're gonna use to elevate Absolutely. our our thing. Mm-hmm. And that family grows, you know, through the people we yeah. connect with and meet and play with, and it 
yeah. it's exciting. But um, yeah, so as much as we're see, we've been seen as like, oh, it's a two-piece band. It's like, well, it's actually quite a, we, we have a huge band. We yeah. just don't show it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes through on your records a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you publicly have three records, Compadre, Good Luck, Good Grief. And they've to me, they've progressed a lot, not just musically or what you introduce, but how big it gets from song to song. Some songs are, you guys go from like acoustic, mm-hmm. calm, subtle, or piano to like, you know, 60 tracks, like a big, yeah. a big orchestral piece, you know, mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff, a lot of slide, pedal steel, let three electrics, acoustics, pianos, drums, percussion, auxiliary, many harmonies. Right. Um, almost like the beginning of Good Luck, um, that the vocal chorus of like, baby, leave a light on, like how many people are singing on that? It was four or five. Stacked. Yeah. It seemed like a lot. Did you, you, did you do multiple yeah. tracks because I was say it seemed like more than four yeah, five. each person had a stack right or two yeah, yeah we also we may have also just I think we put out a mic and just we yeah, all that's, yelled around yeah it. that's right some yeah. good moments I've done that a handful of times mm-hmm. you just get like I there's been times at the house a band will be recording they're like you know we want to have like a like a crowd like sit, like chanting this with us so I go upstairs I find 12 people nice <laughs> yeah everyone come downstairs they're half drunk stoned everyone come downstairs real quick yeah put a mic in the center on Omni, I'd be like, all right, just follow my hand. When you see me do this, just say, like, nah, nah, nah. Right. and then I do it, and they all do it, and then they leave, and, yeah, we just record. We did yeah. it. Do that four times, boom. Yeah. I, got, I got 40 people singing. And, and the result is incredible. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? Yeah. It's fun. There's, that's, the, my fav- that's been, like, my favorite thing of recording music. Yeah. The little things, the nuances that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. Whether you're the engineer, producer, or the main composer, there's so many fun behind the scenes things that no one knows like on Friday for those listening we were at a really cool studio Redwood mm-hmm. and there was eight people in that room mm-hmm. yeah and I was the only one in the control room and I was listening to everyone you know rock out and stuff and hearing the the banter in between hearing what everyone's doing when people would, wouldn't get apart when they did when it came together when it fell apart most of the time it just came together each take got more and more tight because everyone was phenomenal musicians honestly but being there um, and then there's a part, a take where I'm just using the bathroom, which is really funny. So whatever take <laughs> you use, I'm either using the bathroom or writing a poem. <laughs> but like, that's the fun stuff that I'm talking about. Like when yeah. that comes out and I see that video on Cinderblock, it's like I was writing a poem inspired by the lyrics that you or Joey wrote mm-hmm. or I was taking a dump listening to the <laughs> lyrics that you and Joey wrote. Like yeah. either way, it's really fun and natural and humanistic of me like to do such a thing I don't know it's just like those are the things I think about when you go back on a recording when I go back and look at a video we did in the basement and you guys playing a show you know whenever you guys are playing an intimate evening we get all of our friends come yeah like, like you yeah. guys always bring like 30 of the close friends all of your friends all <laughs> some of my favorite shows it's like we're playing in a basement to like 80 people and you're <laughs> it's like packed. oh my god it's packed man it's hot it's, and it's packed it's an experience for sure it's electric. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. And DZ Fest, too. I mean, you guys yeah. have played that four times, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. It's wild to say. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for the next one. It's same. It's funny when you said, like, big venues and, and big um, stadiums will book, you know, 20 months in advance. And I'm realizing that now, talking to bands for DZ Fest and the ones that are international or too far in the country, we're like, well, you know, keep us, we'll play next year. I'm like, 
that's 15 months away and I already have like international bands booked for 15 months away mm-hmm. you know you guys for 15 months away it's like yeah when you scale up you realize like yeah it is way in advance it's such an industry there's yeah. so much foresight that goes into it yeah it's a logistical nightmare and it's all <laughs> it's all packaged yeah. to look effortless yeah like, right. and then people show up and they're like why do I have to pay 20 bucks it's like you don't understand what went into this. <laughs> and, it, and it was twenty dollars. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like on the the runner stuff, people are like, it's an interesting topic. But it's like, man, why are tickets sixty dollars a piece? And it's like, well, there's three hundred people backstage that are putting this thing together. Like you and, don't understand what's going on. And it doesn't skip a beat. If there's mm-hmm. a problem, it doesn't matter. You They'll will never it. know. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's been really fun stuff backstage, just to see like. The, the days where it's like, man, it's no problem at all. This well-oiled machine. And other right. times you're like, this is the worst thing. It's a nightmare. But no one, no one on the outside knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, throw, throwing hammers over a stage while one band's playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a crazy that happened. Logistical, chaotic experience. It's in the video too. It's shout in out, video. Shout out rain. Shout out rain. <laughs> and a lot of people. For those who don't listen, who don't know what we're talking about, uh, DZ Fest 2019. That man Andre played. It was the hottest one we ever had, and it mm-hmm. rained both days. And while one band was playing on one stage, the other stage was like water was pouring down, getting on all the gear. Putting trash bags on putting microphones. trash bags on everything. The video we have of that is amazing. Lung. Yeah, Lung. So cool. Yeah. And she's like singing, screaming, playing electric cello, saying it's like burning down quick, burning down quick, and water's just pouring on everything. And everyone's running around putting bags. The camera people are like laughing. No one knows what to film. It's incredible. It's crazy. And they finish, and Little Church goes up, and we're all behind the crowd just throwing, I'm throwing hammers attached to ropes to have weight to carry the tarp over the stage. Yeah. And, like, that's going on while they're performing. And if you're, you know, drinking in in front row watching the band, you wouldn't know that 200 feet behind you, like, that's happening. Mm -hmm. And then they turn around for the next band, and and the band's ready to play. Selmar is ready to go. Or Grokay. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. That worked. And Lightning in a bottle, though. That's that's right. um, one of the more recent. I mean, I, we've been aware of this for a long time. Anytime you make music, it's like, yeah, it's it's the human element is what makes it so great. But you know, twenty eight, been doing this, you know, at least semi professionally for like ten years to some degree, you know. And you start to realize it's like, yeah, it's these moments of things not being perfect or right. It's those little imperfections. It's the, it's those moments in the recordings. It's this. It's those moments in friendships. Yeah. It's it's all that is. That's the good stuff. That's yeah. the whole point of it. That's the. That's what you remember. You never remember the perfect stuff. Yeah. You know. No. You, well, we haven't captured kind of like a video, or the the record when I put on your vinyl like that. To me, that's like the perfect stuff. Uh, yeah, to me because yeah. I listen I to it, and you guys know the imperfections in the record. But like, I'm just listening to it as a music lover, right? And it's the having conversations like this behind the scenes when yeah. we talk about the stuff. When there's a van issue, when a show isn't going right, when it's raining, when stuff's not working right, when your guitar is finicky, so you have to borrow someone else's. Yeah. You know, all, when you go when you play a show and there's three people in the crowd, yeah. But then you play another show and there's three hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those. Those are the that's the stuff that makes it fun, you know. Yeah, it's it's the best. It's uh, it's hard to explain to those who don't do it. Yeah, I, it's, it's like why we do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's truly, the, when they go like, how, I don't understand like how you do that. Why, yeah, why do you do it? Is, yeah. is it worth the money? And you're like, 
money money is nice and it's important, but if you can make just enough to get by, yeah, what if that varies from person to person? People have right. different standards, but um, when you make just enough to get by and you're happy, yeah, it's almost like it's I'd be crazy to do anything else. Yeah, I get to do everything. I get to facilitate my dreams. I'm like, no, no, it's nothing is single handedly, but single handedly in terms of our camp being right. a single unit, right. we facilitate our dreams and yeah. we facilitate how much money goes in the bank yeah. mm-hmm. and we facilitate how much art we do. When you, when you can be the one in control, you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let me down. Andre's not going to let him down. We're not going to let each other down. Right. So why so, would we stop doing this? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's our, our thing from the beginning has been like to the top, like yeah. not to be like, Oh, we're going to be the next, like, Michael Jackson, like the whole world fawns over us. It's not about that. It's just like, let's let's keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep persist yeah. and grow and learn and yeah. love and yeah, because that's a very open ended thought. Like, let's just keep doing it. But at the same time, we know what that means. You know, we don't have to talk about it. We're just like, yeah, let's keep it going. Like, well, is it why you started doing the other companies to like so you can be heavily involved in music, learn a lot about it, but still have another base of steady income besides trying to play shows? Absolutely. Because why? Well, yeah. our whole thing is like... It just made sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when, when opportunity knocks, you you open the door. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. A lot of this stuff f- has fallen into... We weren't like, man, we're going to... Let's start producing <laughs> podcasts. We were just like, oh, opportunity came up. Let's do it. Let's and we got out good at it. it. And then other people came. And then yeah. same thing with like... I'd been a runner for since 2010 and then 2019 we're like well let's start our own company yeah and we can be the ones in charge that's so funny that. that you started your first one in august 2010 you know why that's funny uh that's when you had the great awakening within yourself yeah and that's when i started <laughs> yeah you're right actually it's when i started dc records in august yeah. 2010 yeah Wow. That's crazy isn't that crazy small world yeah that's so that's weird yeah literally yeah. august 2010 I put up that door and threw a carpet on the ceiling and called it that. And it is didn't, that, didn't is go that a, well. Is that a euthanism? <laughs> carpet on the ceiling? Mm-hmm. That's a Black Keys song, isn't it? Carpet on the ceiling. I know ceiling. when I hang upside, nice. when I lay <laughs> on my couch and put my head upside down, it looks like I could walk on the ceiling. It looks like someone did a really bad carpet job <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah. It's carpet job. <laughs> <laughs> It's just... Um, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's Did, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, right? Where well, he walks on the ceiling on the carpet. Are you thinking of Inception? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, yes, I was talking about Inception. But. And this whole thing is a movie podcast now. <laughs> oh, no. We're just getting started. I think... Um, and cut. Have you guys <laughs> faced... What were some of like, the moments, the pivotal moments when you were starting out and you heard negative thoughts or negative... Um, What's the opposite of a compliment? <laughs> Negative compliments from people in your world, family, friends, just like, what are you guys doing? Why would you do that? It's not going to work. We had a bunch of people always trying to get us to play at like every like barbecue, local, like <laughs> backyard thing. It's like, why don't you play here? Why you why, why aren't you guys playing this week? You all should be playing. You play music. And we were like, well. Why would we do that? We We have, we have like, we. I know it seems like you have no idea what's going on, and that's cool. <laughs> We've got a grip on it. You yeah, know. we're figuring it out. Like, yeah. you know, it's a bunch of the – we have very, like, supportive and well-meaning people in our corner. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times when they didn't understand, there was always a default of, like, but I 
trust the judgment of these two Definitely. to figure it out. Yeah, we're we're smart enough, you know. We, yeah. Obviously, yeah, it's different too when you're in a band versus like. Well, yeah, it's it's already seen as like, oh, that's not a career. Yeah, it's not yeah. a career, but it's something people still can understand and relate to. Yeah, when you're like, yeah, oh, but it's they're in a band, but it's looked at as a hobby. Yeah, right, right. What I'm what I'm really getting at is like putting on events and shows, like in right. a DIY sense. That's when people are like, what is that? Like, oh, oh definitely. No one yeah. understands, especially when like the shows that we were helping to facilitate were like these like hardcore. And like punk shows and metal You're talking about when shows. you were younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when we were teenagers. Yeah. I mean, you 13, have 14. Yeah. We live in like a, a small town, or we lived in a small town. And, pretty, pretty rural community as well. And, you know, know, our moms had to be like, oh, like, who's playing this weekend? And you play it, and she's like, oh my God, yeah. this is like, is this Lucifer's band? Right. Is this right. Lucifer himself is in this band? It's what it seemed like. Sometimes he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when you're playing music, a lot of adults would be like, they, yeah, they see it as a hobby, but they at least be like, well, I've seen bands play and they make a living. I mean, it's something. Right. I get it. It's music. Right. Yeah. When you're like, yeah, I'm putting on DIY shows yeah. and DIY events or DIY music festivals, people are like, what? Yeah. yeah. No you've one gets that. that. You've gone too far. You've gone way too, like, yeah. I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of that yeah. before. So that's when it gets weird. So have you found yourself, when you would do those things, That's what that was more misunderstood than um, playing music? I think so. But, I mean, at the same time, we were also younger. I mean, it was, I think it was allowed to slip by because yeah. we were in middle school and high school, you know? What are you trying to say? Well, I'm 31. What are you trying to say? Well, we we had a bunch of leeway. You also have to think we've been doing – well, when we were touring early, when we were like 21, 22, you got to realize that most everybody else in this like touring road dog mentality were like 10 years older than oh, us. Oh, yeah. You guys are definitely right. younger. Right. And so we always had like – we were we, – our contemporaries were much older and they had more to lose, you know, or yeah. like – Whatever that looks like, yeah. but our our parents and and friends and family were also just like, wow, hey, yeah. cool. I don't know what that means, but you seem to be doing all right. And you do it without hiccups, you yeah. know. Like we we any problems we ever had, we kind of kept that internal. And we were like, okay, well, it's a learning experience. Let's learn from this. And yeah, let's not do that again. And or, don't tell anybody. Yeah, never yeah. let them see. Don't you sweat. show your cards yeah. ever. Yeah, you know that's true. I, you got it. Like fake it to you till you make it is not an. It's not an uh, outward thing. It's not mm-hmm. an outward. It's something you Definitely. keep to yourself that no one knows. Yeah. And it's not necessarily literally like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrible at this. I have no skill. It's, I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm kind of good at this. And I got a lot of skill to learn how to go into something right. with one eye open and not both and just kind of figure out to eventually I can just keep both eyes open mm-hmm. all the time. Always learning, man. Yeah. You got to be willing to learn. Always a getting curious better. mind, you know. Yeah. Well, it takes a... Ten, you know, it's like it's cliche, or whatever. But that ten thousand hours, it's like, yeah, it's a real thing. You can't you you always want to be working and growing and, and being great. Your your first hour is going to be much different from your ten thousandth hour. Right. But, yeah. and, and sometimes the confidence comes at that ten thousandth hour. Sometimes you're like, I'm I'm a bad dude from hour one hundred. You know, yeah. like th- there's things you learn along the way. There's no, you know linear straight path where it's like oh yeah once you play 300 shows now you know how to do this yeah sometimes you're just like this is a natural ability and this other stuff i'm gonna have to learn Mm -hmm. and and vice versa but i again when you have two people 
any anytime we would face adversity, be it a problem like the van's broken down or this, you know, show canceled or like we're having a hard time booking this or these clients are difficult, whatever it is, we have two people that have two brains that can figure it out, but we also have each other to where like if someone just comes up to you and they're like, everything you do sucks. You like you're like even you know it's not you're just like oh wow okay. that guy that person's mean <laughs> <laughs> but when everything you, you do sucks but when you have two yeah. people it's like you, you have another person be like that guy was an that, asshole that guy sucks like yeah. that guy's crazy and yeah. it, it immediately you know there's no fire like you, it doesn't even yeah. cross your mind yeah. it's easier to, to uh, diffuse the situation yeah and if somebody comes up to Andre then I can get behind him and push him down the stairs you know yeah. what I mean like there's two people have you found that the adversary, adversary, adversity of touring the country, sleeping in a van, things going wrong, hot, cold, not eating well, not sleeping well, you know, playing music and you're expressing yourself in front of people you don't know across the country and it goes wrong. Have you, have you found that to open up your, your mind and palate and kind of make you a, a more passionate and compassionate and empathetic person. Yeah, you don't learn anything from the good shows. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I mean, everything negative that happens, I think Matt and I, I speak for both of us, um, we use that as a learning experience and an opportunity to say, you know what, what can I take from this? Yeah. Switch. Let's switch my perspective from saying, oh man, this sucks, like this is the worst thing ever, you know, it's never going to get better to... Okay, this happened. What what can I use from this experience? Take away from it and turn it into a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the you don't remember the good shows. You always remember the bad stuff. Yeah, have you guys always learned? been that way, yeah. or is it? Yeah, I think I think that's a mentality we've always had. Right, because I have the same one. That's probably why we get along so organically and so well. Yeah, but um, it I think it gets um, it can get stronger, and yeah, I agree. That's uh, a thing I've learned about people. If you get stuck on something, you you, it, you're the, the rest of the world gets kind of blurred out, mm-hmm. and that becomes your focal point, whether whether it's good or bad. And I think exposing yourself to struggle, problems, adversary, adversary. I said it again, adversity. <laughs> I keep saying that, and uh, tongue tied here. You, exposing yourself to just pain and suffering. I'll just make a blanket statement. Yeah. Getting through that time and time again really sets the threshold of what is suffering mm-hmm. to the point where most things are kind of just laughable and, yeah, and humorous and you're just kind of like, and that well, you see that in a lot of adults. Like when you're a kid, you're like, why is so-and-so so cold? Or why, why, do they like, yeah. why does nothing bother so-and-so? It's like, oh, when you get to that age, like, oh, they've just been suffering for 30, 40 years. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, would, I wouldn't define it as suffering. Not, I would, I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic. It's not right. necessarily De- suffering. Definitely. I would define it as experience. You've, yeah. had, you've had a lot of experience. Yeah. And whether that's good or bad, it's, it's brought you to where you are now, and you're able to take in a scenario and say, you know what, I'm going to think about this a certain way, and I'm going to react a certain way. So I'm going to let my experience speak for me. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. And do you think meeting a lot of different people from different ages, because you guys know many people from different ages professionally, like where we were on Friday, everyone was much older than you guys. And yeah. Different ages, different ethnicities, different cultures. Mm-hmm. I feel like that helps a lot with having a better understanding of this world. Broadens your worldview. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, yeah. we... 
we truly lost our religion on the road. Truly. We truly, like, you have to realize we... Who, who we are is because of our experiences, you know, that we've had touring the country and meeting people and having these things happen to us. Like, that's, that's developed us into who we are now. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that, losing your religion on the road? Yeah. Um, Ooh. I would love to. <laughs> so I did not grow up in a religious household. I found um, God in the form of Jesus Christ on my own um, in, like, you know, sixth grade, you go with, like, some friends to a church camp. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, and then I started, I, you know, I picked up the guitar the same year. You know, you see, oh, wow, every Wednesday night there's, like, this band where they play guitar and sing songs, and it moves people. So I got involved with, like, the church band and kind of became a church leader. It was very, very real to me. Um, no one, and, and I, I'm not speaking for both of us, but we have similar stories. We do have very similar stories. Um, yeah. You know, we it was our life. Like we really cared. Um, we wanted to save our friends from eternal torment. You know, we're Southern Baptists. Damnation. You know, but but we did it with like love. We were we. I mean, there's moments that we were weird about it because of the nature of the beast, but. Um, <laughs> We, we were, we always kind of had a different approach. We were just like, yeah, I'm just going to love on everybody, help everybody all the time, yeah. play music, try to move people, help generally, right? And uh, we were really, really into that, being leaders and helpers um, all, all growing up, all through high school. Um, then, you know, it kind of started, it, once you graduate high school, it's like, you have a little more freedom. It's less rigidity to your schedule because you're in college. You're trying to figure it all out. But I still really, really believed and saw myself as like a leader and try to stay involved. But then going out on the road, it's, you know, hours upon hours upon hours of hundreds and thousands of miles of conversations and just looking at things, um, the full context of the way we grew up, how we grew up, and how we viewed the world and how certain things weren't adding up and feeling open with someone else to talk about things that you're not supposed to talk about, your internal, like, be it your doubts or just, like, your personal thoughts. I remember um, pretty specifically one night we were in the old van, parked in some parking lot, Andre fell asleep because late. And um, I remember I've always had a hard time sleeping, but I was just laying there thinking about, you know, God, universe, whatever, and for like the first time in my entire life, I was, I admitted like maybe with no, no definitive opinion, but like maybe, maybe there is nothing else out there. Maybe, maybe I am wrong. Maybe it's not like Jesus Christ is the only, the way, the truth and the life, the only way to live, the only everything to base everything off of and the, the way the Southern Baptist Church brought me up, maybe that's not the end-all be-all. Maybe, no, we don't know. And and maybe I'm in this parking lot alone. There's not some, like, thing, like, staring at me, hating that I'm thinking this. And I, I remember going up to the front of the van and just, like, the passenger seat and sitting there and just kind of thinking on it. And then went back to bed, fell asleep. And that was when I I fully dropped my guard that I had built up for a long time of, like, no, none of that don't even think about that stuff. Like 
your God is real and this is exactly what it is. Everybody else is wrong. And if they're wrong, it's because they're wrong. Like, we don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting because um, that would be a conversation that we would have continually to this day of, um, I mean, I'm not going to dive unless we're, we bring it up. I'm not currently not going to be like, well, I mean, this is what I believe now. Um, but uh, I think the way I would shape it to like, I lost my traditional sense of, of religion and the, the church and all that. And I now see that as a very vital part of who I am and who I was and how I grew up. And I do try to, regardless of my religious beliefs or what I think the afterlife is or God or whatever, um, I see that as like, wow, how cool of a, you know, a role model, ideological role model uh, was Jesus Christ. And so that's how I, I try to live my life, in, though I don't believe in the, the full scope of Christianity by any means. Uh, I do think there was something to, something to take from all that and apply it in a very positive way in emulating the, the selflessness and, and helpfulness uh, and hopefulness of Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah, so that's what's inside of me. And, uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, we're all, I think the universe is God and we're all part of the universe and we're all God in our own ways. Mm -hmm. And when we die, no one knows. And that's totally actually cooler than anything. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Not knowing the random. And I never, I never would have seen that. I mean, we didn't really have any, like, there wasn't like a huge outward facing Muslim population. We did. There wasn't really a Jewish community where we grew up. Not a lot of culture. I no, mean, I mean we had. It was very, very. I mean, small town Christian. I mean, we had a. There were a lot of churches though. There's there's probably sixty churches in Tyrrell. Yeah, town a of small town, fifteen thousand people. Oh, and Christian Baptists. Yes. You all, but you also have to think. You know, we had a very diverse population. We had a very large Hispanic community. And a lot of that was in like the realm of Catholicism. Yeah. Had a very large black community, and that was often like Baptist and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Methodist kind of thing. Yeah. And same thing like rural community was yeah. very Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there was always religion everywhere, but it was always this one religion yeah. exactly. And so it, it was really interesting, you know. But yeah, I think being able to broaden our worldview by meeting so many different people from all over the place, different walks of life and realizing like my favorite people I've ever met, they don't care about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody believes this. Like, you know, there's so many other parts of the world and like, wow, not everybody is like my town of 12,000 people. You know, that was a a really cool realization. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest issue with staying in your town. Mm -hmm. No matter how big it is, just staying where you are and not leaving. I've been fortunate enough to have the world's come to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have just been in the same town, in the same house for 31 years, well, but, but everyone's been there. But you also live in Chicago or yeah. outside of Chicago. But yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a major. That was a major hub. thing. My high school is very diverse. There's yeah. m- a huge Muslim and, you know, Middle Eastern community mm-hmm. and um, African community around with, you know, many different mosques and, I've seen temples, Jewish temples, right. different religions. There's, you know, just Jehovah's Witness. Not only any Mormon, but I've seen a lot of Jehovah's Witness churches. Yeah. I grew up with some Mormon friends. Yeah. I mm-hmm. did too. I don't think there is much of that around where I live. 
but a lot of Christian. I grew up very religious, very Christian, very similar, but more embedded in the family because of yeah. you know yeah. people in the family being reverends and stuff. But as far as the camaraderie, the passion, the hope, the love of things you learn from someone like Jesus Christ, but you learn that most religions have, you realize they all have a lot of it's all the same. good it's all the same. fundamental yeah. concepts of be a good person, be forgiving, help each other. Right. And you guys definitely have that in you. I could see it. I, I, I have the same mentality. I learned that from Christianity. Yeah. But I realize you don't need a guilt trip from an omnipresent, no. invisible man with a beard to, do, to be good. I, I refer to it as Sky Dad. <laughs> yeah. You don't need that guilt trip to be a good yeah. person. Yeah. You, let you don't go, need you any can of let go it. of shame and yeah. guilt. And, and you can just do it because you want yeah. to bring light to the world. I want to be a want, nice, yeah. nice person. Yeah, nice I, don't, person. I don't need like... Yeah. You know, eternal damnation hanging over my head to like help somebody. Yeah, you know, that's and the I, wrong way to do it. Yeah, like that. It's almost like not worth it if that's your motivation. Is like right. well, I just I'm only helping you move today, my friend, because I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, but that's <laughs> I'm what only it, forgiving you because I don't want to go to hell. It's like what? But but I'm going to tell you that you need to do this so you don't go to hell. Yeah, and you and know. if you don't do it, I'm going to like never see you again. Exactly. Yeah. I've had that happen to me personally. The guilt trips of like if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Well, that and like people stop talking to me because I tell them that I don't believe this anymore. Oh yeah, when you're growing up in hardcore Christianity, if someone is Catholic. They're like your arch nemesis. If you're if oh, you're yeah. of Protestant yeah. Baptist, someone is they're all cliques. They're weird cliques. And it's and so weird. there's they, they have weird levels. If you're Catholic, they're like you're the ri- rivalry. That's one thing. Yeah. Or how about this? If you're Catholic, you're the rivalry. If you're Muslim, you're like arch nemesis. You're the nimini. <laughs> the nimini? Nimini. The enemy. You are like the you are so bad for whatever reason, just because they yeah. said so, it's arbitrary. I don't believe this, by the way, for anybody listening at can, all. Can I can I use profanity? You can say whatever you want. It's fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked up. It is. It, it is. It, it messed with my head. Like, it made me think that. Like, why would you ever think that about somebody because of what they believe? Or like the, the color of their skin. Exactly. Or the food they eat or which way they pray. And there's... There's shit in the Bible <laughs> that it's like, you Fuck know, it. hate your enemy. And it's like, who's my enemy? I'm like a fucking farmer. Yeah, like, what does that mean? What's my enemy? The bad weather? It's and like, I mean, it's just. Yes. And, and like. Love your neighbor as thyself. I agree with that. Yeah. See, that's a good I one. I agree with that. There's it's so much one. great stuff. And, but everybody only, I mean, don't, man, don't get me started. We'll yeah. we'll come up here. We'll tear this thing down. Yeah, I'm I'm usually a reserved person. Uh, you know, I speak when when needed. But yeah, I could go on and on because this is I something that's. Re- I mean, my wife didn't even really realize. Me and Emily have. I mean, I think the way we approach our relationship as yeah. best friends, biz partners, brothers, whatever, we approach our our. Uh, Spousal partner, marriage. Our, yeah, our, our wives. We have. We each have one your, separate no, no, no. wife. I have a wife. Andre has a wife. Your and property. Different people. property. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. I thought I was in the right state. Oh my God. Um, I, I know people who think that. I'm but, kidding, by the way. But we no one's. We property. approach those relationships in a, in a very open and honest, excuse me, way. Um, but Emily didn't know how serious we were into religion until like. Yeah, you know, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. She's so like, we, "Oh, y'all really?" So really we started really opening up about it. it. Yeah. yeah, and like, well, and it we we gave our it was so real to us. I mean, we gave our whole lives and existence to it, 
And then we realized it's like we a lot of it, we had the wool pulled over our eyes to help other people that knew better yeah. than to... It's a very manipulative situation. Than yeah. to like hold something over kids' heads and not pay them to help and use them. To, I mean, we really, Andre and I were at the church 10 hours a week doing stuff. If not more, I mean. Never got a dollar, never really got a thank you, just got like, oh, God's really proud. And it's like, oh, cool. I well, bet you like that $100,000 salary yeah. that you get while I do it. Well, and, and at the time to, to preface, like, let them know, I, by the way. I didn't feel that way. Like, I was like, man, like, I love being here. And, same, exact and, same. Well, that's the trick. I'm, this is service. Like I'm, I'm giving service to God. You're and, edifying the Lord, right? And yeah, it's yeah, it's not how it is. Yeah, this podcast can go to a place very soon because I get I get a little heated when it comes to it. It's I know it all. Everything yeah. you're saying is just like hitting all the switches I kind of forgot about. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it, it's not something I I deal with. I've like, moved so far right. beyond that. Certain I, people struggle with it, like. Once that door is open and they see through the peephole in the door, they're like, every day I, I struggle with my walk with God and if he exists. It's like, no, I mean, I'm cool with not knowing whatever. I'm going to do my thing. I'm here now yeah. and what ha- maybe it goes black when I die and I don't fucking care. I, I was... <laughs> it doesn't I matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What, what, what do you remember before, you know, January 1993 and 1994? Right. About the same thing I'm going to realize when I die. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> I think I... I'm starting a, a conversation here. Let's do I think. it. Let's do it. <laughs> I think that Christianity as a whole is too simple for what it is actually supposed to be. I think that people break down God to be more simplistic than what they're actually trying to define as God. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, technically, you can't define who it is or say any description about what God is. And I think that Christianity as a whole does a horrible job at that. Well, they dumbed it down so much. Right. Well, it's to control people and take 10% of their money. It's easy to get a lot of people involved with something where all you have to go and do is, it's not Catholicism, you have to go to a a church and go to a booth and talk to a priest and and tell them how you sinned, do certain Hail Marys, do certain prayers follow certain rules, the the modern Protestant Christianity and all its branches, but the simplest form of like we're a non-denominational Bible um, Christianity church yeah. is so simple and straightforward to the point where it's like all you have to do is go ask for forgiveness. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. And like you're good. Yeah. Ask him in your heart. Yeah, I mean, te- good. technically, like, I'm still going to heaven, you know. Yeah, we're yeah. saved. Once you're saved, you I'm can't good. be unsaved. I've been saved so many times. Like, <laughs> the first time, like, did it stick? Let's ask him again. Yeah, fuck, Seven, I don't know. let's ask him at nine. Let's ask him at 11. Are you saved? Yeah, yeah Jesus in my heart. I understand. That's it. Yeah. You know how easy it is to get a following when all you, that person exactly. just has to go like, oh, all I got to do is be like, oh, I'm sorry, God. Yeah. You're in my heart. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you're good. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Anywhere you want. You could be in any anywhere. You could be in a prison cell and do it. You could be on your deathbed and do it. Oh, what do you know? Tends yeah. to be a lot of people go to the Lord on their deathbed or in prison. Right. What do you know? Right. Yeah, this is pretty darn easy to do that. Exactly. But to put in the work that a lot of other religions have. Mm-hmm. Like Islam has a lot of work you got to do. It's a commitment. Thing. Mm-hmm. It's it is. A huge commitment. It actually makes more sense. You're like, oh. Yeah. You got to put a lot more effort. You, it take, you, you gotta, must actually believe. You got to do stuff. <laughs> right. You got to eat certain foods, pray certain directions, certain times of the day, Ramadan. Like these are, yeah. you know, there's Lent. It's like, oh yeah, 
No one does Lent. Yeah. <laughs> There's no repercussions. No, it doesn't. When you have no repercussions or anything, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 you know, I do it sometimes. I feel like I feel like when I was younger, I gave up like French fries for Lent or some bullshit. You know, I, I didn't never practice Lent. Anything. We weren't Catholic. It wasn't a thing I practiced. I know. I wasn't Catholic either. I, I was know. just like, I'm going to try this because you know, whatever. It Christianity it has dumbed down so much. Like, yeah, tithe ten percent, give us your money. Do a ton of free stuff for this church. Yeah, you know, I I cleaned the church. My mom. I went to four different youth groups a week. Oh wow! Mm. I went to many different summer schools. I did a lot of a lot of things in the religious world. Went to private schools that were Baptist. Mm-hmm. There would be times where my whole life was just church Sunday yeah. through till Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just. Mondays was a youth group at one church. Tuesdays was one at the one I went to. Wednesdays was one at the school I went to. And Thursdays was like a Boy Scouts one. Wow. It was crazy. It was a lot. It was a lot. I could still do Bible drills better than anybody. Yeah. Remember Bible drills? Oh, yeah. Get the book. They say the verse and you got to find it. And Acts read it. 319, go. Boom. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go about 85% away through the Bible. It's way at the very end of the 66 books. You go to yeah. probably a book. I'm going to be probably 58. Well, th- well, then then you get thrown something like Esther 2, 1 or something like yeah. that. And you're like, oh, fuck, I well, don't know. You know, you got to remember, Job is the middle of the Bible. Exactly. I mean, Esther's right next to it. You just go right over it. Mm-hmm. A couple clicks. That well, never see, goes away. You had too the, much. You had the young young Christians. To, see, I missed out on the young Christian oh my God. stuff. You From had it. birth. Yeah, not me, man. That in my DNA yeah. from birth. So you have the whole family, grandparents. It goes back far. Yeah, so it's like. So it was more like in high school when I started. Like when I got a job and a car and I'd meet people, drive around, go to concerts. Started to like get more in my head about and just thinking differently. Just like stepping outside of the box and looking at it from a subjective and objective perspective. To mm. detach your emotions from it. It's a really hard place to be. You know, we, we've talked about this off mic this week, but like, you know, people die, that's a hard thing in the stomach. Relationships end, that's a hard thing in the stomach. But leaving a group, a religious belief, whatever it is, anything that is embedded in who you are and your identity, that's a hard thing to do. It's, yeah. I, I'm not equating it to this, but it's probably in some atmosphere of what it is for someone to have an identity crisis with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When it's just what you associate with, it's what you've been told to do. It's similar switches in the brain are going off emotionally with the struggle of like, but I'm a Christian. Yeah. Like, I, but I'm not anymore. Like, what is that to not be one when you were for 20 years? Well, that's all you know. Yeah. That's all you know. Yeah. What is it it's to easier to stay than to leave, man. Yeah. And especially if you live in a small town, if the, all your friends believe in this, you know, why, why Why? would you not? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you just stay. guilt. Even if you don't believe it, you're like, well, I'm going to show you up every guilty. Sunday. You're, you're, you're yeah, told to be guilty. Yeah. Just guilt. You just feel bad. You're like, I can't even say the words. I just feel bad saying it. And I I mean, it was, talk about one of the most freeing things in, in life to realize, like, I don't, yeah. I like, at, at now, they, I mean, I struggled with this for a very long time of feeling guilty. Very, I mean, yeah. very guilty for years, be it, be it uh, you know, of course, sex, any type of sex thing, you feel shame and guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Any type of like living with somebody before you're married, any type of, uh, of, of anything listening, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Same. And, and then realizing like, I don't, I don't feel guilt, shame. And like, even if somebody tried to like 
Yeah. Someone, some a religious person came and tried to really drill it into me. I'd be like, you know what? Really? Because of the bullshit I've seen and gone through and like our experiences, there's nothing you could say that would that would phase me. It's for I the mean, birds, man. Really, like, okay, I, you can have fun letting fear and shame and guilt rule your life, but I'm just gonna like you know follow my passions and love for yeah. everybody, yeah, and mm-hmm. not just my clique or friends or people that believe this way. I don't give a fuck what somebody believes. I'll do whatever. Yeah. I'll help. I mean, if they're racist, you know, that's different. There's there's yeah. certain things. Fuck that. That like I'm I'm just not gonna tolerate. Yeah. Of but but the funny thing is, isn't it funny that the same people that believe like, well, you don't believe in God anymore. It's like, well, you don't hang out with black people or Hispanic people yeah. or, you know, you don't yep. like Jewish people. And it's That's like a well, very common thing. Yeah. And very white Christian people. And so don't racist. You sometimes. can't hold any shit against me because yeah. I. Yeah. It's all a, it's all a projection too internally. Like, you know, any guilt or shame is, you know, it's not a real thing. You're just saying like, oh. I feel this way. It's, but it's something not true. other people use to rule over you. Exactly. Especially it's when they tell you contest. an overlord is ruling yeah. over it's you. It's just a big pissing contest. They're just people. So they're still gonna have the issues with yeah. the ego. Yeah. And you're like, well, when you when you think you're right and you think you're going to heaven, you have all these rewards and everything's peachy and, and, and wonderful, then your ego gets inflated. Mm-hmm. And people who are not that, you look down upon them. It's the same problem with skin color. Yeah. For some reason you think white is superior. Like why? Yeah, why? Because you were in Europe for twenty thousand years, and you have which different melanin levels in your in your your DNA. Like that's it. No one cares. Just learn history, like learn geography and Mm -hmm. history. My friend, not in our church. Damn it! Don't be bringing history or science or none of that in here. Talk about science with someone who's. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. It's a rough place to be. Well, I mean, the Earth's only four thousand years old, so. Eight, six, four, whatever you need it to be. <laughs> who cares? I, I, I don't who cares. I don't actually believe that. Just for anyone listening, <laughs> the, the Earth is you know billions of years old. I think it's like four point five billion. Yes, something like yeah. that. You know, I'll be honest. Trees. I don't give a shit. It's been it's, here a long yeah, time. I don't. Yeah. I think you know we're all living in one cell organism on the back of some giant sloth. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! It, all I know is like I'm yeah. here with my best friends, doing cool stuff, making cool music. Yeah, uh, this looks communicating with people. The low. You well, like okay, that? I'm sorry, Ben. No, 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 no. This is this is throwing me off now. Okay, I can change it back. I I was tired of like kind of having to like you know the hunch. This. Yeah, no, so it works. I, I wanted to. It works. Wanted to use posture. The religious uh, Andre hunch. changed his microphone height for those listening. Yeah, it's funny. So for those listening, Matt, Andre, and I have been good friends for six years. We've done a lot of crazy stuff together. This we've all grown together in our own ways. We haven't stopped what we've been doing, which has been a cool thing to see. Probably made us closer. Agreed. We play music together in a, a fun, experimental, avant-garde, ambient, improvisational, in the moment, in band called Afterglows. It's like all those other bands you listen to. <laughs> 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 it's, we yeah, uh, it's, have fun explaining that to somebody. It's super accessible. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, listener-friendly, you'd hear on you know, the radio. Taylor Swift was playing it earlier. But, it's um, going to be what plays as I descend into this hellfire right. hellscape. It right. better I, for those listening. I hope play afterglows when I die. <laughs> play, oh my gosh! And then send me on a spire across the ocean as I'm lit on fire. Yeah. Emily has a list of songs. I they'll always be. Oh man, play this when I die. And it's like at my funeral, it's going to be like a six-hour playlist where everybody's just like, <laughs> Oh my god, really? What would be if you could pick a song? What would it be? Ooh. 
to play as I'm like, I'm getting cremated. I don't give a shit about me my too. body. Same. Don't, um, don't put that chemical crap in me. Don't in, display me for everyone. Dude, Great. Yeah. <laughs> the one, one of the, I mean, I would say as you have my like ashes and you're throwing them in the trash or wherever, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> don't even spread them anywhere. Just throw them in the trash. Burn me, then throw them in the trash. I mean, wherever you want to put them. I mean, I, I, one of the songs that immediately transports me to a space. This isn't necessarily about lyrics, but more so just like a musical vibe. A song called Arizona by Kings of Leon. Mm. It's a great song. Mm. The way the snare drum, the guitar, kick, snare drum, and bass sound uh, has always moved me. Yeah. Mm. And people are like, Kings of Leon, that's a popular band. You're like, yeah, and you're a nerd. And you have you only know him for one song. And you, uh-huh. you have... <laughs> That's, that's a, a great, great song. song. No, I, Fuck. <laughs> 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 Shake Heartbreaks. But I'm saying the, that's look, the song. I, I have that. It's, it's right, right there. there. Look at that. There's Youth and Young Manhood. Yeah. I'm just saying like that's the song I'm thinking of that people know. For everybody listening, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we can run circles around you in, in independent bands no one gives a shit about or you don't give a shit about. <laughs> but uh, there's some great stuff out there. But I will say John Mayer, underrated. Kings of Leon, underrated. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did you just name two massive like platinum selling bands underrated yeah. underrated aren't, aren't underrated and misunderstood no uh, uh, un- oh, what do you mean by that? misunderstood okay. i think um john mayer uh I, we've seen it because we have we hang out with people that are like 10 years older than this they're like john mayer sucks and it's like well because you knew him from your body is a wonderland when you were in college his first record yeah second and, record and it's like yeah but have you listened to Born and Raised, he's Paradise an, Valley. He's an incredible songwriter. Out of all the behind-the-scenes work we've ever done in 10 years, he has the single best crew, yeah. best live sound I've ever heard. He's had the same backstage crew since 2006. Yeah, He's a great person. Everybody's like, he's rude and shitty. It's like, honestly, if you had millions of dollars and were like the hottest shit around, would you not have like slept with supermodels and like... You know, you know what I mean. Like, I would have slept just models, probably not super ones. Though. Well, see, hey. <laughs> but would you? You <laughs> don't know till you're there. To each his own. I mean, and, and Kings of Leon, everybody wants to judge him for be like use somebody, use somebody or, which is honestly I hear it at the grocery store all the time. Yeah. It's a great song, but excuse me, um, Aha Shake Heartbreaks, one of the best albums. Period for me. Um, I think people are just jealous of their success. They've had a lot of great success. That's which, usually the problem with anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I They're mean, just jealous that the person's making good money, right? Doing and, what they love. And yeah, I mean, I get it for sure. But also, like, if you if you just consume their music as a listener and detach yourself from, oh, this is a multimillionaire or whatever, you know, it's great art. It's yeah. really good music. Yeah. And they grew up small town, like trailer park kids and religion. Yeah, and so you relate, from you relate on that long. similar story. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I uh, I never thought under over. I I always thought like perfectly rated. I was like, yeah, they're all they're both really good at what they yeah. do. I I don't know much. I think Kingsley I, on or of John. Mayer, I say underrated honest. in not so much the way the industry views them, but like the way art. Like the yeah. no the John Mayer gets a bad rap across most independent musicians. Yeah, he's like, okay, well, sure. sorry, he's one of like the cool he's a great guitar player phenomenal songwriter his yeah. production on his albums are way better than your albums let's be honest about it <laughs> oh you um, looked at the camera yeah hell yeah uh, honestly continuum by john mayer front to back that's my favorite sounding like sonically sounding record of all time i'm gonna check it out recorded very well it's, i literally it's like no no john mayer yeah, i mean steve jordan on the drums come on man 
What what else? Yeah, Don Waz in the studio and a lot of stuff. Yeah. You lost me, guys. I don't, I don't know. It was recorded at Electric Lady Studios. I know that one. Electric Lady Land Studios in New York. That's yeah. pretty legendary. That's cool. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. There's so much music. It's uh, never ending. Infinite music. You have, you have the rest of your life to keep finding it. Can I say the song that I would want played at my funeral? Yes, please do. I, I spent that whole time thinking about a funny uh, song while Matt was explaining his song. I would just want Highway to Hell by ACDC to play. <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> That's an, I mean, That's talk, a cool about a, talk about a cool band. I thought you'd want one of those like metal core song bands I mean, from the, no. you grew up listening to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would want... That's a good one. I, I mean, it's I'm being funny. I, you know. yeah. well, if you were to be not funny, what would it be? See, I didn't want you to ask me that question because I haven't thought about it. All right, you keep thinking. And uh, Matt, you said... I mean, this is just one of them. I got a six-hour playlist. Yeah, see, that's, that's my problem Name too. Name like, one in this I, moment. Right now, what you're feeling, what comes to your heart. Well, I told you, Arizona by Kings of Leon. I'll give you a different one. How about that? You already heard that one. That was my dealer's choice, first pick. I've got mine when you're ready. What's yours? Go for it. I would say Wild Horses by Ray Lamonting. Mm. Okay. I'm familiar with that one. It's an incredible song. I cry every time I hear that song. Really? Yeah, Any particular reason? Just the the vast open-ended meaning of the song, like, the the lyrics are beautiful, you know, all the wild horses tethered with tears in their eyes, you know, and then they run free. Like it's it's beautiful. It's yeah. so majestic, so magical. Yeah. And you, you That's what I think happens when you die. Wild horses? Yeah. Yeah, you just you're free. You're you're in the ether. Frown, you're part of the away from you're all part of the chaos. universe. Yeah. I, I just I'm gonna just say Arizona by Kings Leon again. Kings Leon, Arizona. It plays twice. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat yeah. yeah think about it why do we do funerals with embalming I, I hate that and the concrete open, and the plastic caskets open and caskets this, this makes me feel weird it's so weird and depressing it's like the person died yeah. I don't need to see them again people c- claim it like closure I'm like it's not really it's kind of Sad. Dark. It's not really closure. It makes me feel worse. I don't even. I usually don't even go up anymore. I'm like, I don't. I don't need to see don't, that. Don't show me the dead body. Why am please? I <laughs> subjecting That's, myself to oh, that? There's oh, the person I've like loved. I'm gonna go look at him completely dead with mm-hmm. weird stuff going on. Way too much makeup. It's yeah. No, cremate me. I want to. I don't want that. Take my naked body. Throw me in a hole in the forest and plant a tree <laughs> there. Just let me be the nutrition for it. Yeah. People are going to dig you up and then look for who killed you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, this okay. Oh, my so pull God. all my teeth out and and uh, take my yeah. This is dark. How do you want to go? How do you guys want to die? Hmm. I, I mean, I would like to die peacefully. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to die from being like. I don't want to know that it happened. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't want a violent, you know. Yeah. Crazy death. I want a nice. I want um. This is how I want to. I want to put on a. I'm gonna have a good meal with somebody I love. Yeah. Is this why the, before you go to like the electric chair? <laughs> <laughs> That's where it sounds like it's going. I'm, okay, I'm dying at. <laughs> gonna have a good meal. I'm dying at 137. Ooh, I'm not living that long, baby. <laughs> no, no. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna be flying to Mars on the weekends. It's gonna be awesome. I would like to die to f- flying to Mars. Hell yeah, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. The radiation might get you. Send me in a spaceship. I don't give a shit. I mean, if you're making the decision to go to Mars, you're already aware 
Yeah, if you're I gonna live, die. Yeah, so. I'm a hundred years old. Strap my ass into this rocket. <laughs> yeah. let's let's rock. Yeah, but on highway to hell. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, on repeat. You're just like uh, it takes three months to get to Mars. Oh, uh, you gotta wait three months to die on repeat. <laughs> I it's 137. Just had an amazing dish, amazing meal with someone I love. He put on a record, favorite record. Maybe I'll put on. Moon Picks by Cat Power. My, the song I want to die to, or not die to, but um, my my wake would be Colors and Kids by by uh, Moon Picks by Cat Power off Moon Picks. It's a great song. <clears throat> I'm like '98. It's really good stuff. But anyway, listen to that record, and then probably have sex. Yeah, at 137. And that's how you die. You're just gonna have a heart attack, <laughs> and then die in my sleep afterwards. Okay. That's not. I mean, that's the like, optimum way to that, go. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was being a little more real, you know. Nah, yeah, I'm going, going to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, listen, Ben, your story is crazy. I'm going to Mars. Yeah, come on, get with it, man. <laughs> who does? Who wouldn't want to have that be your last day on Earth? Yeah, yeah that's cool. It sounds like a good time. What your last day on Earth going to Mars or? <laughs> <laughs> that's when you die on the it, to life. the earth. What's your last day on Earth? I'm not on Earth. I'm going to Mars. Right. <laughs> Man, right. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Uh, you could like change your name. You could speak a different language. You could when you're headed to Mars. No one gives a shit so about you anymore. No you're why are you, if you went to Mars, what would be your reason for going? Just to die out there. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we're well, talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, <sighs> I'm a hundred years old. I can't do well, shit. I, I just think, I want to. I'm going to keep going with this, but I just realized the problem we have here is we know each other too well. We've, we've talked music and our history so much off mic that we're like, yeah. if you noticed like nine out of 10 of the questions I asked, you already knew the answers to. Oh, I just was absolutely. asking for people to listen. That's just something that you don't <laughs> I'm know. I'm like, how do, you, how do you make your sound big? Do you have <laughs> multiple amps that I haven't mic'd 10 yeah. times at my <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's, let's do this. Let's go there. Ask something you don't know. Yeah. As something big. Oh, yeah, as something new. Well, the religion thing, I've started to learn about you, but this has been more helpful to get more of an understanding of where you guys are. Ask yeah. us something like real. I mean, that's pretty real. I know. It's just, you know. Okay. What do you not know? What? I mean, I think as I have... Yeah, you're right. Okay. Has it been hard as an adult doing a creative endeavor, such as music, to like map out your future and don't answer yet because in a lot of jobs and careers they got 401k mm-hmm. they got retirement plans they got pensions they got all these things that make you want to stay at a place for 30 years not having that available in your career path where does that put with you in like in the grand scheme of like how you feel about your future like do you yeah. do you feel do you feel like that's good thing? Or do you feel like it's a crutch? Do you, do you feel like it's in hindering you, scaring you? Do you feel too young to think too hard about it at the moment? I think about that all the time, okay. honestly. it's. It, I mean, it's scary for sure because there's, you know, you don't have any security when yeah. you do something like this. No. But I will say I think that Matt and I are very intelligent people and we have taken appropriate measures to make sure, hey, we're going to do this for a long time. And we're going to make it a sustainable thing where we can provide for ourselves and our families. Mm-hmm. And if we get to a point to where we see that that's not happening, 
then we are going to augment it to make it happen. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Well, you also have to think, um, like, like Andre said, longevity and sustainability are like two of our pillars. Right. You know, and um, when we have all these irons in a fire, it's not just because I don't know. Let's just do something. It's like, well, because whether it is a song that goes platinum and becomes the new national anthem or, you know, the production services like the runner stuff takes off or the, you know, we do audio for a film and pull in a hundred G's and, you know, a month or, you know, whatever it is. Like we have so many things that can hit and we love them all. There's certain things that we certainly prefer, certain things we're better at than others, but we have all of this going on and not not as nothing is a crutch for one another it's just we just do a bunch and mm-hmm. i think the the biggest thing aside from you know when i was talking about wanting to be you know emulate, emulate jesus christ in the sense of like helpfulness hopefulness and stuff um the the biggest thing that i took from church and my experience with that was uh faith and not they focus so much on faith in God, faith about the afterlife, faith in all that, that all of the yeah. not sinning will be rewarded. I don't care about any of that, but f- I have faith in myself. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I know that the things I want to do, I we don't just like freely be like, yeah, I'm going to go play and drink yeah. and do whatever. No, we everything we do is very intentional, calculated. I mean, we certainly leave room for mm-hmm. the, the real like life. But um, no, I... And I think, you know, it can be seen as a fault, but you have two people. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't worry. My wife may sometimes worry. You know, there's moments where we have that. Right, right. But um, yeah. it's always easy to to put out that fire because, I mean, it's it's easy. Everything's right. cool. We've gotten this far, haven't we? I mean, and mm-hmm. it's and it's just gotten bigger. It's multiplied exactly. constantly. We're always seeing progress, mm-hmm. and nothing ha- nothing has even like majorly hit. All, yeah. If if one of our things got doubled, well, cool, we're here forever. Yeah. Even if nothing doubles, if everything just incrementally grows by two percent a year, cool, we're here yeah. forever. Yeah. I also think we have you know, realistic and modest expectations too. We don't, we're not expecting to make $35 million, you know, that's, I don't think that's our end goal. Our end goal is to be able to do this sustainably and comfortably, not, Mm -hmm. you know, have an overwhelming amount of money. We, I think we've also stopped measuring success monetarily. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people look at success as a monetary value and, it's hard not to because society's groomed us all to do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you have to look at things other than money as success. You Absolutely. Know? I agree with you 100%. I'm on the same page, same, yeah. same wavelength. Absolutely. You know, I, it's why I do a lot of the things too. Like, I enjoy it all. There, there are a lot of things that overlap. But it's also like, it's, it's stability. Like, when one thing doesn't work and the other thing is, yeah. when the whole industry goes away, I get to teach still. Like, yeah, right, you know, like, right. Like there's there's a lot of stability in, in those things and something can take off, something cannot, and you could trim the fat here and there. I mean, the main thing of starting DZ Records and DZ Fest was being in a band, was playing, was Wilshire. Like, yeah. oh, I want a place where I can record music. Yeah. Guess I'll just do it myself. Oh, I want a place where I can play shows. Because <laughs> yeah. you look at the first, you know, 10 shows we always played. 
Speakeasy Fest, Intimate Evening, we're always playing. It's right. like, that's where we played shows. Where else are we supposed to play? It's suburbs of Chicago. I didn't know anybody yet, and we're young. So it started out with the way, but then when I realized that type of music and band isn't going to make mm-hmm. anything of itself, it just it just isn't without a lot of investment. The people involved were not quite there. So I was like, oh, I'll just do these other things. And yeah. it's still fun. I still enjoy recording and playing music and putting on shows and having them. Yeah. And it's still, you know, 11 years later, still doing those same things. So I relay on that. And I never thought of it financially as like, could be crazy. Some people would call stupid or crazy. To sure, like, sure. What do you mean? It's like, I don't know. Like, it's hard to explain, too. I mean, well, a lot of people have done the opposite. They just thought about the money and well, they think about how it makes them feel to do mm-hmm, that type of yeah. work all the time. I want to add something to it as well. Like, it's easier to sacrifice something like a 401k or retirement or pension, whatever you want to call it, when you have ownership of what you're doing, you know, because it's your livelihood. It's you, like it's, you're doing your thing specifically. And I, I know that may sound like a weird statement because of the, you know, security you get from, you know, a job that provides you with all these things. But I don't know. To me, it's um, sorry. I lost my train of thought because I heard my doorbell. Uh, anyway, uh, to me, it it makes up for it when you have ownership in what you're doing yeah. and and you're able to to be transparent in that and and put everything out where your heart on your sleeve, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, someone here. I think I think it's the plumber, or you know. I think he needs you. I don't think so. He, he was here earlier? He was, yeah. He's got it. Yeah, he's got it. Cool. Mackenzie's answering the door, so it's okay. We're all good, people. We'll be, we'll be fine. We're all good. Yeah. Um, what about your um, your wives there in very different industries, <clears throat> your partners? And do they – I know you guys have always had an understanding, but do, how do they feel about about it? Like, do, you, do, you, do they ever worry? Do they ever – Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. always that, well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> He's like, well, yeah. Well, I mean, like my wife Mackenzie specifically. She she's a nurse. She's a registered nurse. Um, very different career path from music. You know, she's uh, you heal people. She heals people. In her own well, way. well, yeah. Cer- <laughs> there's certainly parallels, yeah. obviously, but yeah. you know, she she has a very secure, typical career path. You know. And sure, that helps you know me to be able to facilitate my thing for sure. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's there's still always that question of like, well, what happens in ten years or what happens in twenty years or whatever. Um, but we, it's always a conversation that's had, and you know, we move on because, I mean, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in ten or twenty years. Well, um, it's the you know, you always want to have a plan and be intentional and prepare and always move forward and grow. Yeah. But it's also like looking at the the afterlife thing with religion. It's like, well, where are we going to be in 20 years? And it's like, I don't know what's going to happen when you die. Who Like, we'll get there. We'll be cool. But yeah. we got to just... Where are we at right now? Yeah, you can't you know, always like, think... Of, you can't always live in the moment of the future. You live in the moment of the now. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's it's know? and that's not to say like, oh, no plan, babe. We're gonna figure it out. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like, the, you know, these fears come up, and there's certain moments where it's like, yeah, we do get squeezed. Like, when something happens, like you know, the whole industry goes away, and like everything you had teed up, you spent ten years teeing up, yeah. goes away completely. Yeah. And yeah. The, like, we we don't talk about it. We haven't been open about it at all. But like, we, but especially with Roadrunner, 
and putting out Good Grief in, in April of 2020. It was going to be the biggest, best, baddest year of all time for us financially. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, we lost out on, on more than most people yeah. would think. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot. A um, lot. And, and, you know, that's not just something we're like, oh, well, just take one on the chin. It's like our wives had to also see their partners that they've been with for a very, very long time have everything taken away from them. Yeah. And then that puts a fear in, in them and be like, oh, Absolutely. no one ever saw that coming. Yeah. You know, but you, you get through it and you survive and, and it, it makes you more resilient. We've, yeah. we've started doing, like, we, we've, I think we've adapted very well. And I think it's through that process that even when there is the doubt, or doubt's not the right word, but like concerns or worry of like, well, how, how does this shake out in the very long form? It's like, well, we had 100% of everything taken away. And look how we adapted to that with the very limited resources we had. Yeah. So now imagine 10 years down the road, if something happens, well, we'll have more resources. We'll have more experience. We can handle Yeah, we're anything. agile. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I mean, that's the Matt and Andre way. That's why we do this thing together, and it's not just one person. Exactly. Because we were. It, it sounds so weird because people people want to hardline things. Like, well, too bad. Life's not that way. Yeah. We're going to figure it out. Whatever yeah. happens, no matter how bad it is, yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of fun. Yeah, that's in that life. Like it's exhilarating to be put into pickles. I like all the time. I like solving puzzles, man. Yeah, I do too. I love it. So, I mean, in the moment, sometimes it's like, damn, this sucks. But you know, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. When you overcome it, it's a feeling. Yeah. When you get through it on the other side. No, yeah, 2020 was terrible. It was brutal. It was a very, very bad year for the music and arts industry and production. It's uh, yeah. did not see that coming, and it was going to be a great year for a lot of people. Great year for you guys. Great year for me too. Mm-hmm. But here we are, growing. What time is it? It is five o'clock. Four o'clock. Sorry. Is it really four o'clock? Wow. Cool. I'm just wondering. Yeah. What, what's the favorite sonic art form? You've ever been a part of S- single song, not an album. You asking me or him? B- both of you and myself. Mm. <laughs> it's I'm a ask- prompt. I'm asking myself. <laughs> you go first, Andre. Okay. You've ever been a part of? Uh, you, you have to. Like you've just contributed something in some way, or how? Yes, but more than more than like a minimal like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not yeah, like, yeah. oh, I put a snare drum on yeah, yeah. a Drake song. I mean, that could work too. That's a big thing. I, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Something I've, you've. I have three that come to mind. Well, let's go. You go first. I, I don't have mine yet. Um, Worth It, that Vinny wrote for Neighbors You Know, playing bass on that. Beautiful song. Yeah. No, yeah. Fantastic. Like song. being able to play an instrument on that. Um, that one's extra special because I know the meaning behind the lyrics. I was a part of that situation he went through 10 years ago. And that was a song he did not want to do. Yeah. And he would play it all the time in my garage. I was like, Vinny, song is special. That's a good one. We got to keep it. He was like, eh, and I just kept put. I just, I kind of don't listen to people. And I was just like, no. And I eventually got to like, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to release it, it's fine. But we got to capture that. Yeah. in its pure form. So playing bass on that, facilitating that, pushing Vinny to do it, and then recording it and having it be available on the internet. And it turns out it's every person who's listened to it favorite song on that record. So 
Benny, if you're out there listening, I was right. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, towards zero, afterglows, because for those who don't know, our fun improvisational experimental band, but that was a live show. Like, that was a concert. Yeah. Like, there were people there watching us, mm-hmm. and we still improvised it, and the beginning of it is me making a drone while a youth, two and Yasmin are smoking weed outside and mm-hmm. didn't realize we're like we started and I just have a drone going. I remember walking down the stairs. It felt like a movie. I was yeah, walking down the was. stairs, ripped out of my mind, it picked was. up that bass and we just rocked. And yeah. we're still recording. You guys show like it was an accidental, like serendipitous thing where Steven and I are making drones and you guys are coming in. It's like we did it on purpose. Like we started the concert and you mm-hmm. guys walk in. Yeah. And we have a video of one of those songs, but the recording of it, and it was one of the coolest recordings ever. It goes well with Planet Earth 2, if those care, if those out there who care. The jungle episode. It's then, incredible. It's crazy. And then um, the third thing is the song off my third record, Wilshire Epigenesis, off My Metamorphic Mind. That song. The, it's the first song on the record. That one is special to me. Fantastic record. Thank you. Yeah, that, that one just really, that was one of the hardest things I ever did musically. It took me a long time. It's complex. Man. Yeah. It yeah. was a hard one to do. And that song in particular is just the lyrics, the style, where it goes, how it all comes together. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff going on. So that one means a lot to me. Those three mean a lot. Yeah. Of stuff I've been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. How about how about you? You go next because mm. we're. I think I'm going to have similar answers to both of you. Honestly, I'm just you know foreshadowing, but I want you to go first. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I can go. No. Well, I have. I have. I have one that, like, yeah, well, I mean, my my favorite recording that I've done, I think, you know, everything is so subjective that it's like, I don't mean this is the single, like, best thing I've ever done, per se. Yeah, just your favorite. But but the one I always come back to, I think uh, the song Change from Mm. Good Mm. Grief is one of my favorite things I've, I've been a part of. From the full context yeah. of everything going on to the recording to the just way it sounds, yeah, uh, it's, I, it, it's it's yeah. my like favorite thing, yeah. And it's so real. Like anytime I listen to it, I'm like, it's still just as real. It's more real and true now as it ever was. Yeah, because change is change is going to be the thing that always stays the same. Like, it's inevitable. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. only thing that's a constant in this world. It's change, and yeah. I think that song. Is uh, is some of uh, uh, it's a greater sense of understand, best display of a greater sense of understanding that still moves me and like the don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, I go to it every day. Yeah, and it's a fucking smooth jam. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, put that on anytime. Yeah. Do you have any more? Is that mm, it? Well, well, now 2018 January. What? That was towards zero. Towards zero? Yeah. Uh, th- towards zero is the same. My dad had just died like two weeks before that, and mm. we just went on the road. Mm. I we just fu- We just fucking I couldn't believe it. it. Mm. And when you came through, I was just like, wait. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know how to talk about it. Yeah, no one did. I was just like, wait. but <laughs> Same. And, ha- and my dad's <laughs> dead, too. I mean, yeah, I didn't know how to do this. it. That, that, yeah. that brought, brought us even closer. Yeah. But yeah, that happened on January 4th, 24th. 25th birthday mm. and then we left for a tour one week later yeah and, oh my god yeah 
I, and it I was like a four that. four week tour. I mean, yeah. it wasn't just like, oh, we're gonna go play. It's like, no, we're gone in a van in the coldest part of the year mm-hmm. out there to the northern January, mm-hmm. playing shows. You played an intimate evening, like Matthew Neal and Afterglows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. And uh, I, I remember my my Matthew McNeil set suffered because we did Afterglows first. <laughs> Because, Anything will suffer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it takes a lot of I, I, energy. I can't even like explain how draining's wrong. Draining this is a negative word, you know, but like how much it takes out of you to do afterclose yeah. because you're in the mo- you are 100 percent in the moment. You can't sometimes you can't even hear what the other people are doing, mm-hmm. and if you play bass, you're just like I have to be the thing that's kind of doing it. Yeah, and you're making it up all on the spot, and um, it's exhilarating, right? Yeah, it is. And and I only say that Matthew McNeil set suffered because we did a version of Rumorosa which I think is really good but you could tell I was tired um, because emotionally drained touring drained and I played after close like an hour before and we <laughs> played for like drained. 45 minutes straight um, but <laughs> that mentally drained for sure I got to get a lot out in that session because it wasn't about speaking yeah there was no like words I didn't have to talk about well, my dad's dead yeah. and I'm dealing with that yeah you know or, and play some like really pretty pre-planned guitar stuff. Like, it was a cool way to express my like deep sadness and understanding. Um, I think I think, per- I mean, I'm close to it. What I'm not saying, oh, I'm so great, but like, I think that's what made Toward Zero so good. Was not my bass playing because of my me being a good bass player, but because I had something to say. Yeah. And because I was feeling something when it was recorded. Yeah. Heavily Mm -hmm. for an hour. Yeah. And I was ripped out. I was high as a motherfucker. (laughs) And we're making some crazy music. That record's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah. it was, And I couldn't talk to any. I mean, we could talk about it. That's what was really special is like someone else who's lost their dad and lives the exact same. Like it just, it was yet another parallel. Mm -hmm. And and it's, but it's also hard in the scope of things. Like it'd be a whole podcast about that, but like (laughs) of my relationship with my dad and that it happened out of nowhere. I mean, like out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And on your birthday. Yeah. And where, where me and my dad were at the time, like in our story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. of 25 years and so having Andre to talk about that was great and going on tour and doing music was healing I wasn't gonna it would have done me no good to not tour crop yeah. in a ball to yeah. cancel that tour would have been the worst yeah. decision I could have made that yeah. was one of my favorite tours of all time yeah. because Same. of the story arc Same. you know mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah Ch- and Change was recorded later in 2018 because of that experience yeah I, re- I remember when you showed me yeah, because songs. we recorded Change, All for Nothing, and Michael, which was my dad's name and my first name. Um, yeah. All at the same time, inspired by how big of a turning point turning point that yeah. was. It's a turning point in your music, too. Yeah. How you guys play, the style. Absolutely. We, we became you know? ourselves more. We said, I don't have to just be yeah. a rock band or just have like whatever the guy's whatever they want to play that's mm-hmm. what it is we were like we're going to make our music the way we want to make it that's why we do it independently so we don't have to get approval from anybody yeah we can just um be ourselves mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a hard one I, I can't relate you know i can't relate on i have i have both my parents and it 
just so happens that both of you guys don't, you know, both your fathers have passed away. And I'm sure that plays a huge role in your lives as men, as family, as husbands. Absolutely. Yeah. As your life decisions because, yep. you know, yep. life decisions, taking care of yourself, drugs and alcohol, all that stuff adds up to some issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it could lead to a lot of different problems when you become a, an yeah. adult. But it, do you think it has changed you as men? Like, more than most anything. Talking about being yeah. a man is a weird place right now. Right. Because, first of all, men don't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Men don't know how to cry. They mm-hmm. don't know how to express themselves very well. I, I certainly do, but not everyone does. I, right. I don't care yeah. at all. I'll cry if I need to. <clears throat> yeah. I'll, you know, write a poem if I have to. I don't mind. But a lot of men have a hard time with it, and it's a weird place to be like, what is it to be a man? And I don't think it's to be physically strong all those tropes. Like, I don't think it is to, like, have a deep voice or have a beard or be a big dude. I think it's to be held accountable for yourself, for those around you. I think it's to to be there for a partner. doesn't matter who they are. I think it's to be there for your child. doesn't matter how that is, but being there. I think it's to be there for yourself, to be on top of things. And you start to realize it's really about just being an adult, yeah. not fitting gender roles that are you know bestowed upon us by society. You know we're gonna have a lot of differences because we have different genetics. We're men. We're not biologically the same as women. Right. But I think it's about like has that affected you having your dad's not around like during during crazy times during holidays during traveling like what is that? And you happen to be younger. Yeah, yeah. Much younger. 12, yeah. 12? 13. 13? Yeah. Has that affected you as as, an, as a man? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, like... I would say... One? Okay. I First of all, in a minute, I want to answer my uh, th- you know favorite musical moments. I want to get back to oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we can talk about this. So, okay, there's something going on out there. Something's funny. So... Yes, it has greatly affected me and how, you know, my existence is, I guess, as a man. I, I would even say that my, the passing of my father is what, like, got me into religion, you know? Mm. I gravitated towards religion because I was able to find, you know, quote-unquote father figures through that and gravitated towards that and just wanted somebody to be there, you know, in that position to fill those shoes and you know, that was an outlet for it. And, you know, look where that took me, you know, it, and, you know, yes, it's greatly affected, like, you know, holidays and like family get togethers, like, oh, wow, there's this huge void, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, that happened a long time ago and it still affects me every day. I think about it every day. I think about what could be different. What, you know, where would I be if he was still here? You know, all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, also, he'd be proud of you. I know he'd be proud of your audio and video work you do. I mean, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. I I love that so much. Like I think about that all the time and that that's what kind of pulls me back down to earth is I know he's proud of me. And like, that's, that's a really cool feeling Mm -hmm. to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I also like to look at it in a positive light too, as hard as that is to do and, you know, as weird as that sounds to say, you know, I learned a lot from that. And I, I had to grow up really fucking fast. Oh my God, I can't you know? imagine. I mean, 
13 years and old. you're the oldest, right? Yeah, I have two younger brothers. <sighs> yeah, you had so to, they I, looked to you to be the I had to be house, dad, you know, right? like, yeah. And I mean, it was hard on my mom too. I mean, come on, a single mother with three kids. Matt can relate to that. He, had, mm-hmm. he was a single mom. Um, yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, but I mean, I, I learned so much. The, that experience is unparalleled and there's so many takeaways from that. And I would not be at all who I am today without that. That's so, a positive outlook. That's the best way to look at anything. You have, you have yeah. to, you can't, you can't harp on the negativity of it. No. Sure. Sure. That is a thing, but it's not going to change. It's anything. not going to change. He's yeah. not going to come back. You know, no. I mean, is what it is. Yeah, a lot of people focus on that when it comes to really harsh things, um, breakups, death, job loss, you know, uh, an issue, a fight. They they, they dwell on it. Yeah. They focus on it, and and um, they they lose sight of what's really going on. How the world's going to keep moving on without you. Yeah, you know, and you you got to take something. You got to suffer, cry, but you got to take something from it, and and you have to learn from it and move on. Absolutely, you have to. Yeah, you want to talk about the? I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, let's you know lighten it up a little lighten bit. Lighten up here. a little bit. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to start with towards zero afterglows. Wow, all three of them. Yeah, it was magic. It was. I mean, it was magic. Lightning in a bottle. Man. <laughs> it's it's pretty, really was. It's pretty sick. To to be a. I mean, there's a lot of people listening or watching that don't know what it feels like to be on a stage with people that you really love and have a musical experience like Afterglows yeah. together. It's you connect on a different level. And you don't play music with them. Yeah. Completely unrehearsed. Like you two yeah. completely un- unrehearsed. You two play music together, but you don't play bass and drums yeah. in an environment with new musicians that you haven't rehearsed. Like there's so many variables. It's a, it's a totally different dynamic, yeah. Yeah. We just looks it's beautiful though. It's, just, it's years of playing music, yeah. that skill set. It's looking at each other. It's learning how to read. Steven and I can read each other well. You two can read each other really well. And Yasmin is just a great trained, you know, saxophonist. Yeah. So she just fed on top of all of it. It was, yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah. My second experience would be the recording of our entire record, Good Luck. Mm. Uh, we did it in two studio sessions over like four days, I mm-hmm. guess. Two days each. Two days each magical experience we recorded it all straight to tape um very minimal tracks there's you know maybe 20 tracks whatever each song and it also captured lightning in a bottle truly like if you listen to it it's undeniably moving and it's a it's a classic yeah good luck is my i think i was i think you and i were talking about it i mean it's like the quintessential yeah, album. Like, I mean, that's gonna be. It's so good because that that was our sophomore studio album. Yeah, you know, there's Compadre and then Good Luck, but that was like first one we ever pressed to vinyl. First one we really like, really, really did the thing with. You know, there's Grammy Award winners on it, and it's yeah. to tape, and it's it was just magic. We also, you know, I feel like we spent hours and hours slaving over those songs. You know, like. Perfecting them and making them what they were. What order do they go in? Yeah. And like, how is that going to be perceived? And yeah. it was a beautiful experience. It was great. It was well, that right there, what you just named what you just said is why, like, when you play a show, why you might be paid a little bit more handsomely. It's like, it's not just, say, you got $500 to play a show. It's like, people in the comment, like, wow, they got 500 bucks. They get 250 each. It's like, what about like the thousand hours I put in just to make that those songs that mm-hmm. was never paid for? It was just mm-hmm. me in my room, 
Yeah. Just going at it. We paid for it. We paid for it. You paid a lot of money for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to have the gear, to have the tape, to have the engineers. It's like, yeah. you're not just getting paid for that night you're at, you know, Shuba's in Chicago. You're getting paid for all the nights that led to that night. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's something that's over, it's overlooked. It's underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Like the value of creativity. Sometimes people get a little excessive with it. Sure. AKA the, Multi multi millionaires sure. who are just making music. It's like all right, yeah, it's a little too much money. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll say about anybody makes there, too like, much money. Tequila deal. Yeah, or, I'm just like right. all right. Nike I think sponsor. I think I think a million dollars is just great for just playing music. I mean, I don't need a hundred million. Hundred million's crazy. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that's all another world. That's all another conversation. Anybody sure. who's just overpaid, which is sure. a lot of people. But um, yeah, it's it's something that's overlooked should be more appreciated. That's something I took into consideration when, you know, the 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 big thing, the DIY scene was like $5 shows. Right. I'm like, it's been $5 shows for 35 years. <laughs> like inflation exists, people. Yeah, yeah. It's got, it should be 15, but let's just call it 10. Yeah. And I got some blowback for a second there and I was like, screw it. Like, I know math. I know what inflation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People need to be paid better. And once people realize that and bands would come, can come through and I can... You know, offer a free video for the show, the gear, a crowd, merch table, and maybe give you, you know, a hundred bucks each, like each band. Like, yeah. you don't get that at DIY shows. Yeah. So yeah. I, w- I would love to charge, you know, $20 a show. And that's ho- my goal to do that. So yeah. I'm doing I think you could. You know, it's, and there's always going to be blowback. And, you know, it, well, it's hard because money, again, it's like, does money mean success? I mean, it, it's tough. But right. at a certain point, it's like, well, Go somewhere else that is going to do this for twenty bucks. Yeah, you're not going to find it. No, you, I mean there's. A, I mean, it's not just a ten thousand hours. Especially you get the three of us together. We're at like, I mean, it's eighty thousand hours. With a lot of hours. Too many what, hours. Yeah, whatever it is, and it's like I stop keeping track. You can pay yeah. twenty bucks, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm. That's my goal. The goal. The goal is to have people go into the the my dream, like the best most professional DIY show you can have from the employees to the to the gear to the environment to the bands to the acts to the you know execution of it and you get what you pay for and those bands keep to keep going on and they have money to pay for food or a hotel or filter car with mm-hmm. gas yeah. and eat some Chipotle you know amen, amen. shout out shout Chipotle. out they need to sponsor you guys. Dude. What are they We've, waiting for? They kind of sponsored sleeping. us without knowing for a long time. <laughs> they did. They did. Man. What is that supposed to mean? Oh man. I I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, we yeah, we would we would get a bunch of free coupons from like like we'd kind of make buddies with like the general manager of a certain location. <laughs> and, and they'd give us like buy one get ones and stuff. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Charm goes a long way. Charm yeah, does well, go a long it, way. It did go. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. Don't do it. I think we're the reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we should um, we should have been flagged. You know, being just nice. There's photos of Absolutely. us in the back of every Chipotle, and they're like, "Do not do get not these guys let free Matthew stuff." McNeil yeah. and Andre Black, and like, "Well, lucky for me, my name's Michael, so yeah, I can still, <laughs> Michael McNeil. I can keep getting away with this." Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just I'm trying to think of more questions. I don't I know so much about you guys. Trying to think of other things that I don't know. Yeah, try make it make it dig. Try in, and enticing find it. for the listener. Um, well, what are you saying? This isn't enticing. No, it is. What? It mm. is. I'm trying to be enticed as the host. I'm trying to like. Yeah, yeah. Play, like, what are they, What if? What can they tell me? I don't know about them. Is somebody gonna eat this last pineapple? That's for you. 
eat it. Someone, there's also so you get the pineapple, we I each get a blueberry. No, you you guys have the blueberries. No, I, no, there's I two blueberries. Okay, okay. All right, I got you. I got you. All the fruit is officially. <laughs> what are these called again? MRIs. What? ASMR. What? AS- <laughs> yeah, I was like, what were you talking about? NSA. What's this called again? I love I love acronyms. Acronyms are nice. But I hate when people use them. Yeah. <laughs> when somebody actively uses an acronym, that's weird. Come on, don't do that. Yeah. I don't like IRL. In real life? Yeah. It took me a long time to figure out that one. I was like, but this is real life. Do you text Why with you acronyms? Even? No. Never. I don't even say ASAP. Mm. I say I, as, as I, soon as you can. As I soon say, as possible. I say ASAP. See, you know, I'm contradicting what I just said. I, I use acronyms every now and then, I guess. ASAP makes sense to do it, but B- I um BTW. I deliberately don't do it just to prove yeah. a point that I'm like I don't do it. <laughs> just to be strict on myself. Yeah. BTW. By the way. Yeah, I know that one, but I still won't use it. BBW? I don't know. <laughs> What's BBW? No, we're not talking about that. No, 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 no. Is no, it no. is this something to do with the uh the grapefruit? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Does it really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. The the person in charge of <laughs> the demonstration would be considered a BBW. I don't know what that it, is. It, ben, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, Moving on. Guys, anybody listening? Um, Google. <laughs> <laughs> you better have some parameters set up. <laughs> oh, my God. What, uh, oh, I have a good question. When I first met you guys, you had you really leaned into the Texas vibe sound. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah, all that. Maybe not your uh, mentalities. Yeah, but yeah. What the last six years has been like a evolution to w- where you still have that as like a foundation. It's still mm-hmm. an undertone, but right. from your music, production, lyrics, fashion, looks, yeah, facial hair, but like everything about it's like uh, kept parts of it, tinges of it, but it has gone to a completely different place. What has been? Has that just been going out in the world, growing up, seeing new things? Just it's called evolution, Ben. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we had well, and we started off that way because we, I mean, yeah. we grew up in like a rural area, or whatever. But I mean, both a mix of like rural and urban. We were, there, were. Were there more cows than people where you grew up? I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot of cows. <laughs> there's a lot of cows. I don't know if there's. But yeah, I mean, more we we also we had to get our our foot in the door. You know, I mean. Yeah. No, no, we did. That wasn't like a conscious choice. We were just like, well, okay, we're in Texas with this like kind of southerny roots rock Texas kind of thing. It's cool, it too. Make, it oh, makes yeah. sense. And we always knew it was going to grow. We were never like, we're going to be country stars. Never. That was never the intention. Right. Um, we just made music. Whatever happened, came out, came out. And yeah. then I think that's always been our approach. And that's why our sound has evolved is because we went more places and yeah. we've had more mm-hmm. experience. So there's just more to pull from. Absolutely. Like right. it, it wasn't. There was never like a, oh, we need to be less this and more this. It's just whatever comes out, comes yeah. out. Our music is very authentic. Yeah. It's, it's who we are. You yeah. Know? We don't, I mean, sure, we, we do think about it from, uh, is, are people going to listen to this? You know, is it accessible? How could you not? Um, but we're never like, oh, we're, we got to do this specific thing, you mm-hmm. know? That's a good thing, though. A lot of bands get yeah, trapped. It's, yeah, it's an that. incredible thing. Yeah. Just like, More people should do that. I wish they would. What, I, I hate it when someone gets mad that a band has a new sound. People are afraid to do that. Yeah. You know? Well, if you are successful in one place, you you notice that's the biggest, you know, strong stronghold is like 
being successful in one genre at a certain place in time and it like sets you off and you just kind of stay there because like that's what works for me right yeah. mm-hmm. that's where i make money yeah. so i should just stay there yeah. instead of growing so i love it when people go against the the grain or what it's what's expected of them whether yeah. it's a director an actor i did too an artist of any kind a musician I mean, records in particular I, I like it when i don't know what i'm listening to if it's different from like a previous record mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't get mad at it I, I don't even judge it i gotta sit with it a couple times yeah like when i've heard your record that's not public yet but it was different from the other ones not mm-hmm. different enough to where i'm like who is this yeah, yeah but it was different enough to where i was like i just kind of like listened to it driving as just music as a, as a music listener as an avid lover yeah of, of sound and you know eventually i'm gonna listen to it a bunch of times and then i'll start you know picking it apart and going different places with it but yeah. the fact that it was different enough to where i was like oh this is like a new thing yeah. i like it it's cool that it's going different places i it's really unhealthy to not grow not just in art, but as a person mm-hmm. in different ways. I It's essential. The worst thing to hear, and I'm sure you guys have heard it a lot. I mean, I know you have. When you see anybody from the past, high school, old friends, when they go like, oh, like in a negative way, they say like, oh, you changed or you're different. Or like, why don't we do it? Like we used, like, how yeah. we don't do this anymore? It's like, because yeah. I'm 31 years old. Yeah, I've, I've, I should not be doing what I did when I was 18. I hope, I glad i'm not <laughs> you you haven't changed like yeah that's my response to that yeah like you haven't yeah you haven't progressed or if i'm not a new person every like three years i'm in ashamed of myself yeah, what are you doing you Come know on, man. maybe every two years it's yeah. you have to be in yeah. every way grow growth in all directions yep do not lay stagnant that's how you shrivel up and die on the floor i mean it's not a good place to be and you see that in a lot of adults yeah like well why don't we we don't do what we used to it's like I don't want to be doing that. Like, I need to be progressing. Mm-hmm. I want to meet new people. I want to do new things, make a new record, yeah. go to a new location, try new food, try a new haircut, try a new shirt. I don't know anything. Why not? Watch a yeah. new TV show. I don't have to keep watching Rewind. You only get one of these lives you're living. Yeah, that yeah. we know of. That I we know agree. of, yeah. I mean, the fact that we know of one. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got to do something with it. Yeah. It's, it's, that is what makes it special in itself. The, the not knowing. Yeah. That there is or isn't a God. The not knowing is this one or two lives. Yeah, it's beautiful. Is a reincarnation. Why do you think there's so many different concepts of our existence? Right. We've been trying to figure this out forever. Right. And we have no answer. It's, it's to just this natural. Day. Yeah. And the only answer is there isn't one. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't know what time it is. Que hora es? It is four thirty. I think we started like two fifteen. Correct. Two hours. Over two hours. Oh, nice. Okay. What time is your family coming with the washer? Uh, between five and six. Between five and six. Wait, is there anything you guys want to touch on? Because we're going to, for those listening, we're riffing because... Touching on the mic. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... Matt and Andre are good friends of mine. I would consider you best friends. Likewise. Same. Brothers. Yeah. And for life. So we're going to do this forever. Like, mm-hmm. probably all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. like... <laughs> Whatever That's we what don't get now, doing. we'll just like. I mean, we need a biannual podcast yeah, episode. We're going to do them all the time. You know? In the future, I wanted to do one like sober, but in the future, we'll probably pass a, a joint. Oh, absolutely. That'd be really nice. Yeah. You know, I wanted to get one in where we're just kind of level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got to set the tone. <laughs> well, and then we got to, you know, do LSD on the other one. We'll do mm-hmm. some acid. We won't say which one that is. See if the listeners can I figure, bet they'll it. figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they're well, licking the microphone. Yes. Yeah, and they're six, not talking. Six minutes into it, we're all going to be on the floor. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun, though. Yeah. Film, like, mount the, the camera. We like, all get GoPros. That's the yeah. best part about it, though, is like, we won't have to release it if it's too. Re- 
ridiculous. Yeah, we we'll just do it. Put just it do out it. there, but no one. Yeah, put it out there, man. Or <laughs> yeah. you make a bunch of make ten albums a year. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> but make so, ten. You know, whatever. Is there any um things in your guys's life you want to touch on or promote real quick before we? And this one? Is Listen that, to that Matthew McNeil, follow Matt Bike Sound. Oh, I have one last question. Do all that. Yeah. What prompted or made it be Matthew McNeil? And not a band name, not a thing, just it's Matthew, it's your name. Good Why question. That? that is a good question. Um, I think it naturally came because I had got, like, I, I went off to college and I started doing my, like, I was just me. Yeah. You know, and then I, I moved from, I started my first year of college in Denton, where we were on Friday, first year of college there, and then I moved to Arlington, which is in between Fort Worth and Dallas, because a buddy of mine was like recording at his house there, and I wanted to do an album, that's where I did When You're Down, and that was under the name Matthew McNeil, and, um, you know, it made a little bit of buzz in our like hometown, you know, because yeah. no one else had done anything like that before. And so since that was under Matthew McNeil, we were like, I tapped on it. was like, hey, would you yeah. want to come, you know, build something out of this? Yeah. And the name just stayed. Yeah. And um, I've also never been one to make a big deal about, oh, it's under your name and I don't get any credit. You yeah. know, like I don't think about it that way at all. Yeah. Well, uh, I was literally just about to ask you that. No, not, yeah. not at all. I don't give a shit. You could call it whatever you want. I mean, it's still going to be the same art. And, and um, yeah. well, and you also have, from the beginning, we've realized that. And I mean, this is why Mad Black Sound, another reason Mad Black Sound got started, because we do more than just Matthew McNeil as an artist. It's yeah. like Andre has 50% writer share of every song. Yeah. I, you know, it's 50 50, always. It's yeah. under my name. So it's just turned into like the name is the band. Yeah, exactly. Correct. It's not even that. It's well, not even your name anymore. Correct. It's the band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why oftentimes friends call me Matt. Professionally, I'm Matthew. Yeah. For, sure, for I don't call you stuff. Matthew. Yeah. Except for when I'm yelling at you, Matthew, yeah. do your chores. Like but, that type of stuff. But, yeah. um, <laughs> Like Stop the, eating out of the cat's bowl. The Matthew McNeil stuff is just one of the projects, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The same, and and we justified it because we had thought about. It. We were like, "What do we want to do? Do we want to keep it like this?" And we're like, "Well, you know, for this particular project, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. Tom Petty is Tom Petty. Bob yeah. Dylan's Bob Dylan. You know, like yeah. Hitler is Hitler. Jesus Christ, really." <laughs> Um, <laughs> damn, uh, that's one way to look at it, <laughs> but, but yeah, oh, God, that, that was jokes. that. And then we'll have, you know, there's 20 other projects and they have different names. This is just the name of one of them. The one that kind of started it. Exactly. It, it's not the end all be all. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thanks for clearing the air. I was concerned there for a while. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> this guy's, this guy's, his neck's going to break. His mm. head's going to fall off. It's mm. getting big. Getting know? so big. No, I'm kidding. Um, but you know, you have a merch table. You got Andre Black buttons. You have shirt designs say yeah, Matthew I mean, McNeil and Andre Black, Black on, on the, the drums. drums. Yeah, yeah. There's music under my name personally too. I mean, yeah, you know, well, and and we'll be continued to release music under my name. Like it, yeah. There's a, a bunch problem. of stuff. Yeah, and it also, uh, it's like look at assistant engineer on anything we've ever done. Andre mm -hmm. Black. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there's yeah, exactly. There's much more to. Right. Everything. This just my name is just the outward facing one. Yeah. It's weird though because with that, hap what, what comes with that is not your fault or a problem, but to the layman's ear, they only go by like the the name. So totally. like, 
someone goes like, oh, Beyonce. It's like no one knows about the thousand people that make Beyonce pop, like mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Just in her production, yeah. the concerts and the engineers and those writers on those on everyone from the label. It's insane. When you look at a Wikipedia of a record of that caliber, it's like it's crazy. The heck, they just went to the zoo and got everybody for this, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. And but no one knows it. They just know like, oh, it's just her. Yeah. So I always wonder that with someone who's like does it by their name, does everything else kind of get left behind, not left behind, but forgotten or overlooked, you know? We don't overlook it at all. Yeah, yeah I we think, make a point to highlight it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because without those people that are that go unnoticed, like, it wouldn't be possible. You That's know? why we it's always weird. shout out everybody, like Ted Young, everybody yeah. that does everything for us, Jessica yeah. Thompson. And, yeah. Exactly. So. It's a weird thing. When it's a human name, we think of a person. But when it's a band, when, if it's just like the band, say your name was... Uh, lizard, lizard pink or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and people go, like, oh yeah, that band's great, and they'd be like, there's clearly other stuff that, like, it's other people making all that because it's like that's mm-hmm. what a band is, right? But when it's just the one person, like, oh, Matthew Neal, he must do yeah. everything, right? right. But, but <laughs> don't you also, on the other hand, don't you, if a, if a band is named after uh, one person, it doesn't it make you look at it differently to like you're like a, we we have a very like off like a, we strive for authenticity and honesty mm-hmm. and i think it's easier to convey that despite where we blend genres and we don't really pay attention to any of that but um yeah. i think you're able to pick up on that like honesty and and very forwardness mm-hmm. with it being an, a single artist's name mm. rather than like if the band was like the doorknobs yeah it's, I mean, it, which would be very cool. You it's, know, it's we, it's just perceived different. Yeah, it's you know? just a different. The thing. perspective is different. It is, and we can, you know, it, the, for, for some people. Yeah, and the in the long the long game is like cool, and then we'll have a band, and it's exactly Matthew McNeil is in that band. Yeah, and you're oh fuck that has that whole career is in that person, and all the Andre Black stuff is in the band. Like right. That I guess that's what I mean when it's like Matthew McNeil is just one thing out of a lot. Yeah. When we think of the big picture, there will there will be multiple bands that Matthew McNeil is a part of and just brings in the weight that's been built up on that name yep. will be brought into any band yep. that we also do. Mm-hmm. You know? Good answer, good answer. Family feud. I would love to be on that show with you guys. I think we'd have way too much fun. I would we'd love. Win. I'd love to meet Steve Hart. Is he still the host, Steve Hart? I think so. I hope so. His looks are the funniest thing. It's ever. hilarious mm-hmm. when someone gives. I don't know. Show me. Do, do you think? Bra, you know, like. <laughs> do you think that's written, or do you think people really give the bad answers they give? I think people are people will surprise. Why they're just nervous and they're just saying <laughs> people want to be on TV, Ben. Like when I play that game, I'm like, this is so easy. I would if like, I, I want to play this game. I would come up with the most. Bullshit, absurd answers. Well, yeah, because you're like, I want to be remembered. I got but, ten minutes to be here, baby. But, but part of me, like, it'd be so easy to win that game. I think. Right. Part of me would get competitive, and, and it's not win. being yeah. arrogant or something. I think I'm great because I'm honest. Like, I'd be bad at Wheel of Fortune. I'd be. I think I'd be okay at Jeopardy, but still bad. Those you those wouldn't are, get a chance. Those are some crazy stuff obscure they ask. Obscure questions. Yeah. So I don't even think I'd be good on that. Yeah. But Family Feud, I'm like, this is so easy. Yeah. Like I would. I would rock this game. Yeah. I love that game. Every time I play, it's not hard. Yeah. We should play it. That'd be fun. Let's sure. sign up. Let's lie and say we're family. Well, even if we don't, we, you know, I'm sure they have a board game, Family Feud, we could do. I think I have I a I just card thought of game. a really funny like SNL skit. 
if you were on the Family Feud and, you know, the names in front and it's just a bunch of white people like, oh, here are the blacks. Oh, God. Because <laughs> his, his last, last name is Black. Mine, listening, his last, last name is Black. Yeah, I get that all the time, honestly. People make jokes about it. Yeah. that's a, the, the black family. You know, that's the, an interesting one to deal with yeah. when you're like, I don't know. Yeah. That's not how I do this. Yeah, don't don't say that. I don't joke like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's that's interesting. You do have a pretty sweet name though. That's a badass. You might name. have one of the coolest names. They're like Andre Black. Mm-hmm. What? It's pretty cool. Yeah, Stone Cold Killer, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew McNeil's not too bad. A little Eminem. That's Triple cool. M, right? Triple M. Triple M. That's a good wrestling name. It's like Triple H. <laughs> it's like Triple F's on your we, hat. <laughs> we internally refer to the Matthew McNeil stuff as M M. M M. M&M's. You get sponsored by M&M. Have a little image of you and Matt on every We have a buddy one. that works for Mars. Which the, is the people that the make it. Planet. M&M's. Okay. That's why I'm going to go there when I die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know a guy up there. Yeah. The Mars family. Uh, Mars bars. God, could you imagine having a whole like conglomerate named after you? It's crazy. Like Chase. Like that's a person's last name. Yeah. It's also somebody's first name. Yeah. It's also someone's middle name. Mm. Mm. Or is it J.P. Morgan? I think it's J.P. Morgan. What's Chase. Chase come from? I don't know. You think Fifth Third someone's last name? Fifth Third. I couldn't even get to that one. Yeah. The, we know about Fifth Third Bank. <laughs> that we, fraction makes no well, sense. Then, okay. In what city is it where there's Fifth Third Field? It's in Ohio. Ohio. Is it in Dayton or Cincinnati. Columbus? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. We we make fun of this all the time. Fifth we're on third tour. field, yeah. Fifth third, like really, they couldn't think of a better name. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of names like that. That's like, what the fuck is? Yeah, a lot of the stadium, like Minute Maid. It's like, what? That's not threatening. If I went to play a team, I'd be like, we're gonna win. Yeah, Minute Maid. Like kids with juice boxes everywhere. What are we doing mm-hmm. here? Yeah, I yeah. like looking at all the gas stations, like regional gas stations. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there's someone in Oklahoma. I was like, this is great. It was, I don't know what it was, but it, I've never heard of the name. I it's wish like, I remembered it's it. It's like Robinson's Family Store or like some stinkies shit. Stinkies. It, like, it was like Doopy's Doobie or something yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it is really this? is. It's like a chicken, yeah. a chicken on it. You're you like, got, I, like, I don't. Come and go. And mm. She. With a K. Casey's yeah. General Store. Not with a C? <laughs> no, thank God. C-U-M. <laughs> thank God go. it's not with a C. <laughs> that's Jesus. a different place. <laughs> That that's the yeah that's the all brick building uh, with with no windows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out Tom Segura. <laughs> I just yeah in in that in that bit when you know he's talking about the girl yeah that asked was like I'm as horny like I'm as I'm as I'm horny like how guys are and he's just like no you're not no <laughs> it is something funny when it's been very rare when I do hear a woman talk about sex and like try to. Yeah, like get, get on a par with the guys. I'm like you, you don't know. You'll yeah, never it's, know. It's a different thing. We have some. We have different biology. That's how much you'll yeah. never know. Just Creepy like we'll never animals. know what it's like to have a baby and grow it inside of you and breastfeed and to think about that and have that connection to it. The chemical release. Like we can't get on that level. Like ever. Right. It's not possible. Yeah. Are um, you an advocate for um, faux breastfeeding your baby as a man? What? Did you just say? This is a thing. Is it a thing? I was just I think it's a thing. Asking, Can you elaborate? I think I know what you're saying, but I want you to. Well, because you were, I, I was, it was more so making a joke, but let, <laughs> let's see here. Um, so I want everybody to know that Ben is advertising that when he has a child, not only will his 
partner breastfeed, he will allow the baby to suck his nipple. So why am I doing this? Well, I don't make milk. Free advertising. No, uh, well, because it's you said to it's a connection. It's a deeper connection. You no, know, it don't work that way. Well, no, <laughs> it, it's not about. It's uh, just about the bond. I am. Um, I am. I am a person mm. of creativity. That's a creative approach. An expression. But let me preface this. It's an approach. However, I'm also a big proponent of science, and biology is part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm not going to breastfeed or full breastfeed or do that because I don't produce milk, and a baby needs milk. Do you think you you could? Do you know that men can lactate? They can, but I probably won't. Nice. Yeah, it's same. I mean. I'm assuming I won't. If you did, would you? No, because the baby needs the breast milk if from you, the bi- body it's been. But getting what if it she from. wasn't there? It had to be you. Would she die? This is a it, huge hypothetical if she, situation. <laughs> if she died, I guess I'm gonna use a f- formula. Yeah, there's no formula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the formula was thrown uh, out a long there's time no ago. There's no formula, and there's no mother, and no other woman or anybody else can can breastfeed. Then sure, I'll, I'll breastfeed my baby. Nice. All right, there's the sound that we were looking for. <laughs> All right, that's how that's how it's gonna be promoted. Yes, I'll best breast. I'll best feed the breast of my baby. That's a uh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, that that shows a lot of character. <laughs> I mean, I'll do anything, but if I don't have to, because I probably shouldn't, then I won't. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I like it's. There's very obvious things that work in biology. But it's also like, like gender and sex are very interesting things because there, there are spectrums across it. There's mm-hmm. anomalies. Everything is a spectrum. Yeah, it's not bin- Nothing is really binary in this life. No, no. Even even your actual. There's so many. It's rare because there's genetic mutations. But it's not like it's looked at as a bad thing. But there's, you know, there are. X chromosome, XY, but there are also anomalies of XX, X, 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 Y, Y, XX, different combinations, people who are being ambiguous with their genitalia. So there's a lot of things, but it's a bell curve. So like on average, statistically, you're going to get mostly a penis and a vagina and mostly heterosexual tendencies Yeah, Mm -hmm. because that's how we reproduce. But that doesn't take into account account all the anomalies that happen through genetic mutations. Mm -hmm. You know, like... You know, like the surgery I had to have, that's because of genetic mutation. Like, my soft spots close up too early. Yeah. I should be dead. Like, there's other things. People, my brother born without thyroid. He should be dead, but he takes Synthroid, and he has for 33 years. So it's like, because of that, we've technology has found ways around it, but I don't even know where, we're, where I'm going with this. I think I you were trying to justify breastfeeding. <laughs> hey, we, yeah, the, this whole thing has been a bit, actually. Breastfeeding. You know, it's interesting. I wonder why... Some some women decide not to, and they do formulas like earlier than they I should. I think some people don't produce. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm I, not a. I have no room I have to no talk. Idea. Yeah, not to have room to talk, but you have we have room to have a conversation. To speculate. About, about yeah, well, I just my my guess is you. It's got to take something. How do you like? You know what I mean? It's a it's a commitment. Some people maybe their body doesn't function in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a myriad of choices. I'm sure that yeah. cause it, or you know, don't cause it. Man, we do have it easy, don't we? 
Men got uh, men are just the fucking farts yeah. of the earth. <laughs> women, we just <laughs> dick off all the time. Shout out to women. I mean, women make the fucking world go around. They do, mm-hmm. and absolutely. We're, just we're literally grunt. just told to like uh, insert and release, and <laughs> <laughs> and then just be a big dumb fuck walking around. That's all men are. Like what he says in the tape is like, all you gotta do is he's like, there's some things you gotta do. Just don't abandon your kid. Yeah, like that's and, it. And there that's you it. go. And that's you're a cool dad. You're yeah. a cool dad. Like my dad's around. Yeah, yeah. He didn't leave me. Like yeah. that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's more things, but yeah, no, it's it, crazy. We got to be the best the shade. They're they're the only caveat is uh, of what we don't have made in the shade. It's mostly been just societal pressures of like you better work yourself to death. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not a man. You're like. So like it's a construct. I don't give yeah. a shit about the. That's the same people trying to guilt you and shame you into. Go in and give ten percent every Sunday. No, 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 I agree with you. I'm saying, but that's been a lot of men have fallen into oh, that. Every they, like, man literally killed themselves because mm-hmm. of it. Like, yeah. So that's the, that's another thing that it's like no, you don't have to do that. Like that's the whole thing was like, why are you wearing girl colors? Or like, why, why are you wearing pink? It's like, dude, these are all contracts. These colors. Yeah. Man, I can't even. You know, you know, <laughs> can't see. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I like pink. Pink's I like cool. pink. I'm, fuck, I'm wearing pink right now. <laughs> it's like a coral pink. Yeah. yeah, it is nice. I don't know. We're just riffing. I to yeah. I I dressed like Ben for this podcast. For those of you watching, but did you because um, you own that shirt? See, he owned it because of you. Well, see, yeah. I as I was putting this on, I was like, I think I just kind of dress like Ben anyway. <laughs> I mean, I I probably with this shirt I wouldn't wear. You know, I'm wearing short shorts, like athletic shorts, uh, but I probably wouldn't do that. But you know. Whatever. I see what you're doing. And yeah. the sandals. And and I got sandals oh, on. Oh, you're hitting like it. Ben. Why is it that so many men don't wear sandals? Like I It's only in this part of the world. I didn't know yeah. that like I've had friends say like, Oh, I, I when I see like sandals, I just think of you like you're the only one I know who wears sandals. Like, what do you mean? Like no one else yeah. is hot and wants to have their feet breathe because it's July and it's ninety degrees out. Like I don't how am, I think it I think it depends on what you're doing, obviously. Like no, if it's you're just mo- always. You're not going to mow the yard in sandals. Done it. Don't do it. Yeah, it's dangerous, but it hurts. You're not going to go hiking in sandals, but I mean. Done it. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, like what, like people that have like a problem with it, that's weird. Don't, come people on. have a problem with anything that harms nothing. Dude, mm-hmm. don't. Why yeah, are you? Don't paint your toenails. Your toenails were painted when we Oh, met. yeah. All the time. I used I to think, do it on purpose. I'd come back from camp. I think it's Christian cool. camp. My, I'd have the girls paint my nails just to upset my parents. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Rebellious. <laughs> to come back from a Christian camp with painted nails is the best. They're yeah. just like so confused. <laughs> They're like, "Did you have fun praising? What's on your? What'd you do to your nails?" Yeah, mom, like, I, I got into Satanism. Jesus you know. painted my nails. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus painted my nails as a euthanism for something. Could be. It's gotta be. I love. I love the crazy sexual euthanisms and and things that no one actually does, but they're like, dude. Yeah. Would you ever get like this? And you're like, what? Yeah, it's when she does this, this, and that too. And you're like, no one's done that. You, I think yeah. you can do that. Hey, man, some people have done some crazy shit. Yeah, they have yeah, literally like like shitting on people. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird one. I'm kidding. Bodily oh, um, fluids. You're like, what are we doing here? Yeah, don't don't do that. That's don't be pooping on people. That's don't weird. be pooping on people. <laughs> that's how we gotta end it because we, we that's it we're ending it poop. We, well, <laughs> the pooping rap we, we did we started it with poop and we're gonna end with right. poop alright it is the answer to everything poop yeah it happens <laughs> shit happens <laughs> nice the world's a crappy place yeah I feel like poop baby's poop
I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. The world is now dumber for listening to this podcast. Now they learned something along the they way. They got to learn something. All right. Plug your stuff, boys. Plug anything you need to. Anything. All of it. Whatever you want. Uh, Tell the world where to go. You know, shout out Matt Black Sound, M-A-T-T-E, Black Sound. Um, find us anywhere on social media. Go to the website. Keep up with all the cool stuff we got going on. Um Listen to Matthew McNeil. It's on anywhere you stream music. Order it on our website if you want the physical copy. We got vinyl. Um, That's the main thing. Yeah. Come, if, if you need, uh, you know, audio production services. If you like the sound of this podcast. This is going to be the best sounding podcast, by the way, because it's all three of us on the SM7 with, with cloud, cloud lifters yeah, yeah. and a pretty decent acoustically sound room. Yeah. We're good. All right. Well, Matt, Andre, Matt, Andre, it was good to see the both of you. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for hosting me in Studio B yeah. of Matt Black Sounds. Thanks for being here. Of it's course. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. We. Whoa, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Let's all try doing it. Let's end it on that. Ready? Ready? Let's all get a breath and do it at the same time and see if we can make a really... Ready? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Incredible. That's that's what they pay, the, pay their that, money for. By the way, for the promotional clip on Instagram, it's going to be that. Nice. <laughs> it's not going to be anything. Nice. It's like a drone sound. I love it. That's Afterglow's 2021. Yeah, we yeah That's we how we do it now. We couldn't do Afterglow, so we we just you know blew into a bunch of bottles into microphones. Love you guys. Love you. Love you too. You guys are the best. Keep doing what you're doing. You always amaze me. You always impress me. You always inspire me. Likewise. You always keep me going. Likewise. See you guys. See you guys.